listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of the LARP Lounge. Here we are again with uh, Lita Deadmost. Not her real name, but the name that everyone knows her by. And we have our special guest today is... Kovach Bofford. Oh, I didn't know he had a last yeah. name. Of course my character has a last name. <laughs> hey, we've had some come on here and they're like, no. <laughs> so. That's lame. <laughs> <laughs> Teach their own. So today we're going to be discussing uh, the player emissary position. Uh, which he recently just retired from. Mm-hmm. Raul, how you doing today? Thanks for being here. I appreciate that. That's, uh, yeah, that's, anyway. Yeah, I Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're going to go ahead and get started. So what, actually, first things first. I always have to ask this question of everybody. What does LARP mean to you? Well, that is a loaded question. Um, LARP is kind of a stress relief for me. It's obviously my main hobby. Um, It is a way to be a part of a community and still do what you want to do, which in my case, it's, you know, role play. It's dressing up. It's hitting people with sticks, padded sticks. um, And seeing stories play out from other people's point of views and, you know, the world as a whole for Cerulea. Um, and to hang out with friends, make new friends, hit them, hit them. <laughs> it's good therapy, guys. Make <laughs> new friends and hit them. Yes, that goes right along, right up there with make new friends and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat people anymore, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, what is the player emissary position? And what, what do you do? So the player emissary in Mythic Realms is a position built to give the players a voice and ensure uh, the player base is being treated well. Kind of a third party watching both how the volunteer staff are doing things and then seeing the players and then getting feedback from players, especially if they want to be anonymous, to then talk to certain people on staff if it's related to them. Um, it's also for new players. Uh, if there's any new players, communicate with them, make sure they're comfortable with the rules as much as they can in a crash course of 10 to 15 minutes before we start, um, or ensure that someone talks to them. And then some kind of more logistical stuff like waivers and uh, contact information, too. Logistics. Yeah. So sometimes that works daunting. I personally want to thank you for I know that you're done doing it, but I actually really appreciate it when you were player emissary because when I came back to the game, I had been gone for a while and you immediately made me feel welcome and just that I belonged again. Like I was worried that there was gonna be some integration and that some of the people might have forgotten who I was. And you I believe you were new to me, but either way, you immediately just all the time, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for NPCing. Thanks for being here. When you you know, you just you just always kept me, you know, engaged and you were always engaged with me. So I just personally wanted to thank you for doing that. Cause I don't know that 
I would have made it back as much as I am if it wasn't for you. Like, really. Well, you're welcome. So it's kind of fun, though, whenever I go to what I think is a new person, like, hey, thanks for coming to Mythic Realms, you know, blah, blah, blah. Start talking to me like, oh, yeah, I was here like five years ago for five or so years. You don't need to talk to me like, okay. But (laughs) sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes it's in your case. They've been here, but they still need to find someone to talk to. And sometimes they're brand new or they come from like Alliance or any of the other LARPs in the area. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know when uh, when me and my family joined, <laughs> we kind of like crashed the party. <laughs> we came to uh, it was August weekender two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Two two years. Two years ago. Yeah, August weekender two yeah, years ago. Yeah, I think that was it because I met you guys at the when I NPC'd the. Winterfest two years ago. So uh-huh. you, you would have been yeah. three years ago then. So yeah, it would have been three. Yeah, because, because this would have been my barely, third August. Yeah, together. you would have just barely so yeah, started. Three years ago. I think you were I, near the beginning of when I was player emissary because I've been playing for about four years and it took about a year till I jumped into that position. Yeah. So I, I remember I was like, oh, look at this whole new family that I've never seen before. <laughs> and here I am. And literally the first time I encounter them, I'm playing a golem trying to kill them. Like literally, I was like, oh, this is crazy. But it's the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, Really is. The Nevis Gaming, how you doing? Kohlrabi, cannot stay, got around and get food, but wanted to lurk and show some love. Hey, thank you for that, Kohlrabi. Oh, hey, thank you for the bits. Woo! Man, I need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also farther back. Like, I can barely see that. But, uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for the bits. Um, also, we're all in full armor today. As you guys can see, Alita's in her armor. So, yeah, it might be a little noisy. I got some armor underneath my tabard. Yeah. His is probably the quietest armor in the group. So and the lightest. Ho- hopefully we, yeah, and the lightest as he brags over there. <laughs> Five pounds. <laughs> um, so hopefully we, uh, it's not too noisy with our armor creaking and cracking and thumping and yeah. So yeah, that was way loud. So second. You gonna hit me? I'm gonna have a weapon so I can. <laughs> See, I'm breaking the first rule of a warden right now. I should always have a weapon on me uh, so that I can right. defend my bond. Too that's bad. Right. Yeah. I'll just die. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, the sound effects. I forgot the sound effects again. I actually thought about them the other night, but I currently am not in possession of my flashcard. We have sound <laughs> effects. Flash drive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> I don't you know what that's used for. There you go. Well, like right now, there's like a... Normally, there's like an oriental... What's like a mandolin playing right now with like a tune when, when Nevid shows up, but it's not playing because it specifically looks for a file on my computer and this isn't my computer, so the file's not there. I know, I fail. I keep forgetting to... Like, I actually thought about it last night and then I'm like, crap, I don't have my flash drive. <laughs> Get it. Do yeah. or do not. There is no try. <laughs> I didn't even try. I just I don't have my flash drive. Oh well. So <laughs> anyway, so I mean, was there anything else to talk about with the player emissary? Uh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> well, there's some stories. There's some things that uh, I would recommend, even if you don't have a player emissary. There's yeah. So I'll just start um, with player emissary. One of the things you kind of want to be careful of is. Setting expectations for players, I guess. It is good that their voice is heard, but sometimes, you know, players have characters they really 
are dedicated to and mm-hmm. they kind of get central focused around that character not expecting the world to interact with the group as a whole and just them and so sometimes you do need to sit down with the player and kind of set expectations like yes your character is heroic yes you're part of north watch but also there's 15 other people in north watch doing their own thing so every week you can't expect something to happen for your character um, but other times it is lending an ear just to listen to their complaints uh, just because people need something to vent to. Other times, if there's a new player coming in or there's someone just watching us go through a park hitting each other, you don't necessarily have to be the one. I don't have to be the one talking to them. I just have to ensure someone is there interacting with them because sometimes I see someone you know, coming up talking and then um, one of the players starts you know, getting really enthusiastic and talking about all the things they could do and talks about his character. I'm like, that's good. I'll just leave it at that because you don't want to do too much. Um, Nevitz Gaming says, hide your friendships from the guy in the back. Hey, that was totally an accident. (laughs) It was an accident for my uh, character, not my player. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Funny story. Basically, my other character, Valoron, um, he's a human magic caster. Ritualist is the easiest way to describe him. Uh, he recently took a piece of solidified time and space magic and integrated himself so he has an expanded lifespan. The downside to that is that whole night, he time kind of fluctuated for him. Like people were talking very slow and then some, suddenly moving up fast. And so like he would oh, okay. That's jerk what was around going a little bit because he was like moving <laughs> slow and then suddenly went faster. And he had a bag of chips because a new player came in, or a new character came in with chips. And she's like, these are friendships. And started giving them out because she's friendly, I guess. Great. And so I took the bag because I was hungry and I was just munching on them. And then I went to move and then it jerked out of my hand and dumped the whole bag on the ground. Um, so I kind of ruined the whole bag of chips. And obviously out of game, I cleaned up, cleaned it up afterwards because we were inside a building. Um, and I knew I knew the player. And so it wasn't like a random person I don't have much interaction with and just ruined a half a bag of chips, you know, two or three dollars worth of chips. Um, so I kind of talked to them a little bit afterwards, just, you know, things happen in role play and we want to make sure there's no bleed that happens. So one of the good things, um, as a player emissary type position or as a player as a whole is when you do something that you're like, this probably could get on their nerves outside of game, just talk to them a little bit afterwards. Like, Hey, you know, I apologize about doing this. It was kind of in game. It was what my character would have done. How can I make up to you if you're upset? Like, do I need to throw a few dollars your way so I can get a new bag of chips or something like that? Or just give them a hug or handshake or slap on the face, whatever. <laughs> whatever whatever they need at the time. <laughs> yes, but Boji was very quick to go get the character and to tattletale that the friendships had been dropped. So <laughs> it was he was like, hold on, hold on, I gotta go get her, I gotta go get her. <laughs> and he was like, no, don't go get her, no. <laughs> Trying to sweep it under the rug and it wouldn't work. Yep. She comes in the room and was like, no, it was great. It was, it was pretty good. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. A good role play like that is, it's, that's one of the things that I love about LARP is the the improv role play. The you know you can't plan this out. Mm. It, it makes it nothing like theater. You know your traditional plays or whatever. You know you, you can't plan some of the crazy <laughs> stuff that happens. And even when you do try and plan some crazy stuff, it's always crazier than what you planned. <laughs> yeah, and I know 
with some people, you know, improv is second nature and others it's they freeze up if they try to go outside of their norm. And, you know, some of the things they can do is and one of the groups in our uh, in Mythic Realms actually did a D&D one shot basically with their characters, with a DM to kind of get a feel for their personality, kind of do some interactions, know how this person type of person would interact with. So even if you're not good with role play, you could still get the personality down to say, would he be angry? Yes. Yell kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and doing certain situations as you go through LARP or Mythic Realms, you'll see certain things kind of cycle through. And so you kind of know what type of things to prepare for. So you can do that in the mirror on the drive to your friends and just kind of kind of get that ingrained to kind of help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the things that I knew as Lita when I decided to become a white knight is that there would be a lot of this with the rest of the town. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the mentality of most of the town because, uh, yep. So, yeah, so that was something that I did a lot of, like, mental preparation for out of game to be like, all right, so how am I going to respond when they say this? You know, like, I know that they're going to be mad about this. In this situation, how would I handle it? And and that's just something that I do when I'm driving in the car. I'm not a big music person, so a lot of times I listen to my thoughts in the car. (laughs) See, and that's good because with White Knights, you really do have to be prepared because it's very taxing. Not only player player to player interactions, but even player and NPC in the actions because they require a lot of white knights. Like they're like, if you don't uphold the code, oh boy. It's all there, or nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. There is no wavering. It is all or nothing. So yep. that's definitely one that requires some preparation, I guess you could say. So granted you do get a lot of plot backup mm-hmm. with being a white knight. And yeah. and this is something I didn't do, which if you have someone in my kind of position is if you have a role play heavy uh, class or type of character talent or whatever in your group um, and there's something like a white knight that you know they show mercy they're loyal they're you know try to be the better and your group isn't maybe sit down and talk to them what it means um and I think there's a few people in our group that we probably didn't do that as well as we should. And so it was kind of a shock whenever that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think the white the white knight, um, that whole clash between like lawful good and chaotic neutral <laughs> at best, which is what most of the town is. Yeah. We're getting a little bit better. Sometimes we're chaotic good. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, Sometimes we're chaotic good. Overall, we are getting better, actually. I would say it's it's surprising. Now that yeah. the Gardetskis are gone. Yep. It's amazing <laughs> how much. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, for me, that was actually one of the reasons why I decided to go White Knight is because I wanted to be able to have that that interaction, you know, that, no, this is really what I believe in and what I stand for. And like, no, I'm not going to, you know, give up my ground and I'm going to do this despite what the rest of y'all think. And if it means that I die, then so be it. <laughs> How many times have you died? And, yeah. <laughs> and I've died a lot. <laughs> But uh, not a lot of them have been due to those interactions, though. So no. people have been <laughs> well, have res- well, but people have respected you, though. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah, I think most of the major blowups that that Lita's had with other 
characters in game have been resolved in game mm-hmm. except for Rigel. <laughs> but I haven't seen Rigel yeah. in game <laughs> since that last blow up. So And I don't know if that's related to being a white knight or not. So much yeah. as uh... being undead. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. another reason why I'm undead. No, this is right. We don't necessarily want to deter people from playing White Knight. We just want them to understand um, <laughs> that they're tough. <laughs> yes, right. Rigel is a big yeah. hit. Yeah. <laughs> also, Nevis, thank you for the bits. Uh, I see them now, so I appreciate that. Is that like a bribe? <laughs> Anyways, oh, I mean, I guess. White Knight is a great class to do roleplay, um, both mm-hmm. with, you know, plot and NPC along with other players, uh, both good and bad. So if you do like that type of roleplay, White Knight is definitely good for you. But if you're starting out and you're still uncomfortable about, you know, all the improv and roleplay that happens, I would say don't. <laughs> don't go with Neither White so nor Black Knight. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Druid. Well, I guess you could do Druid. They're just all pro-nature. It's fine. Yeah, but they're not as extreme. They're no. not, like, in your face about it. They're just like, yeah, that's, oh, darn. Yeah, that's definitely we- something to consider when you're choosing your class mm-hmm. is what type of role play mm-hmm. um, are you willing to to do? Like, do you want to just be an expert adventurer and just hit things and just or cast or whatever? You know, you just want to, you're just there for the battle. Um, or do you really want to engage in that role play? And then if you do, then pick a class that has, you know, very specific uh, agendas mm-hmm. that, they, that they stick to. And that's something as a player emissary, you kind of have to watch out for, or those that try to be the voice of the player, is what type of player are they? Because there are players that just want to hit things. They're really gung-ho about the combat and the technical side of things for that and so they may not care much about the role play portion so we need to ensure that some modules aren't just a role play module there's something happening in the background even when there is a role play we know at whenever we're in npc and we're like oh this is going to be 30 to 40 minutes of discussion with an npc that comes in because it is a major plot point mm-hmm. but that's not going to catch you know, one fourth of the players because they want to fight things. So we have some NPCs just kind of wander in as, you know, beasts or elemental creatures just to fight yeah. while the talking's happening. Yeah, that we would try and please as many people as we can mm-hmm. because a lot of people get super bored with the role play <laughs> and they sit there and they're like, then they start talking at a game and then they, you know, it's not as fun for them. So try and keep them engaged. I'm trying to get better at getting involved in the role play, but I just feel so disconnected from everything going on. Like I'm starting to like be here for the beginning of plots. So now I'm actually understanding things like that was the hard time for me is when I did come in as in the middle of all these plots. And so when this super important information, I'm like, this means nothing to me. So I would just go and fight because it was just going over my head. But I am working on trying to get more of that role play in, trying Mm -hmm. to talk more. So. And that's kind of the rough part with overarching plots is mm-hmm. when new players come in halfway through, people have already kind of solidified what they're doing in that plot or the direction. And so this they're kind of lost in the yeah. mix of things. So it's kind of hard to get them engaged too unless you know they come right off the bat with a um, good role play or some way to integrate themselves into it. It's kind of hard to drag someone in. 
Yeah. And I, and I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing for some people either, because it, that gives them an opportunity to get used to the, the technicalities of LARPing mm-hmm. as a, as a new player, because there are so many things that you have to remember. Like, do I say normal four or four normal, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's, it's the simple little things like that, that, um, even if you're not paying attention, you know, uh, wholeheartedly to the plot that's going on, you're, you're learning how to play the game. And one of the recommendations I always say is when you're first started out, you have to NPC at least once. Well, you don't have to. I strongly recommend it because I, you focus solely on the stats. I agree with that 100%. I've, that's what I always recommend for people. Even people that are interested, I'm like, come NPC with me. Come see what it's like. That's, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to come see what it's like. So I, I agree with that 100%. So Yeah, that first weekender that I came in, we, um, we did about half and half. Uh, PCing and NPCing, and I'm very glad that we did the NPCing because it it helped us understand everything so much better. Mm-hmm. Evitz Gaming says, even if I don't understand what's going on, I still try to listen because I may still be able to help with it when role play stuff is happening. Yeah, see, and I I'm I'm bad at that, and I need to like I said, I'm trying to work on that more. Also, we didn't do this earlier. Welcome to the stream, Zanny. I appreciate you being here. Welcome. I'm wondering. I, I have a feeling that that's Rin. Oh, is it? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to think about nah, that for a sec. Nah, <laughs> just a coincidence. And Ren does have a lot of random disguises, so it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so Probably. Never hurts to Never ask trust those her. who seem to know what's up. That's yep. true. Granted, if they're a grumpy face in game, you may not want to ask them and they'll just growl and hit you. It's true. Even if they know stuff, not everybody's willing to share. And that's just part of the role play of the game is uh, trying to figure out. So sneaky. (laughs) So sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure out like who you can talk to, who you can trust. Like if I tell this person that like I need to eat uh, a cyclic creature, like are they going to just like kill me or are they going to help me (laughs) like trying to figure out uh, who's on your side I think is uh, has been one of the most interesting things for for me as Lita anyways is you know just like I know that in a fight I can count on Sitka but in anything political or anything that has to do with me being undead, I will keep my arm's distance from her mm-hmm. <laughs> because she will throw me under the bus so fast. <laughs> so fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So. yeah. But yeah, I think actually some of the best conversations, uh, role play conversations happen when you're trying to work out information between characters Mm -hmm. like this character has this information and this character has this information and this character has this information well i heard from so and so and trying to figure out what's going on so that you can decide on the best course of action moving forward or try and figure figure out people's motivations or whatever and it's uh i enjoy those conversations a lot it's like 
problem solving. It's like murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. Zanny says, guild leaders are a good choice for basic info. If they can't help, they might point you in the direction of someone who does, yeah. which is a very good idea. It's kind yeah. of why they're there. Yeah. And speaking to what you said, like trying to figure out like what to do in role play action, like we had, what was it, two months ago, we had that uh, open house where we were discussing the military strategy of the Talsagor fight. And originally I was like, I'm not going to be involved in this because I don't know anything, but I stuck close anyway. And it was, I actually had input and I, I had info that other people didn't have. And I was a little surprised. And so it actually was some of the best role playing that I've had because I was like, I kind of stepped outside of my comfort zone because I wasn't going to do it. And then I had conversations with a lot of different people and I was bouncing around the room like, hey, what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion? Like, I said this. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you know, so it was some of the best role play and it was literally just trying to come up with a decision of who attacks where and when. And it was, I mean, that makes it sound super simplified, but. It was complicated. It was complicated, <laughs> but I was involved in it, and I had a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And that's exactly like you said. All I was doing, all we were doing, was trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And it was some of the best role play I've had. So, and props to Plot for writing all that and um, yeah, getting all that handled on the back end of things. Because well, think, yeah. what there was like ten different groups of NPCs doing different things, trying yeah. to stop well, this arc glitch from. Taking over, basically. (laughs) And I I also love that they've gone above and beyond and they're like, here's the report that you had the day of. We're now going to give you an expanded report because we've heard we've had more information gathered, which has been on the boards. And I've Mm -hmm. been reading that like, I've been like, oh, this is cool to know all this extra info because we got like a brief synopsis the day of because, you know, we're in the middle of the battle and there's not a whole lot of time to get information back and forth but now they've actually gone and have taken the extra step of expanding on that which i super appreciate like they didn't have to do that and and that helps the players or characters that were not there for that weekend for talsagor to be kept uh, caught up on things and that's something that i feel is kind of necessary is for the players that can't make it a lot of times someone has to be able to fill them in so they're included and they don't get left behind per se and we have a few characters in game that help with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Immensely. Yeah, Zyra. Who's amazing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she writes down everything. She's a bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah, she's the easiest way to say it. Yeah, she yeah. totally is. But Literally. That's one reason I decided to bond her is because her information is extremely important. Yeah. So she's very she's made herself very, very valuable in game mm-hmm. and out of game. Like the stuff that her character does in game. Between helps. events. <laughs> yeah. Between events, the, the, the notes that she takes, the updates that she makes, the, you know, it's, it's just awesome. She does a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? I uh, got a lot of things, but. Um, that you can speak about. <laughs> um, I would say the one thing you want to be careful of if you are a player emissary is you need to learn how to, I'd almost recommend sympathize with people, don't empathize with people. I know that's kind of a weird distinction, but it's you're, you're kind of threading the line on both 
the plot side or staff side versus the player's side. And so you need to take in both accounts. And so you kind of have to be able to negotiate on both sides or find a middle ground for that. And empathizing with the player might make you too emotional or too much in one side that you can't see the overarching issue or uh, anything that might be causing that might not be seen from one side or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Nevis Gaming says, I love the updates you post. So I have a question. So how much time did you have to devote to being player emissary? Um, when I first started, a lot. Uh, one thing I looked at is what the pl- previous player emissary did and kind of what the role entails. And one of the things I saw was we weren't really getting a lot of feedback from the players outside of one or two people talking to their group of friends that may not have been staff. So it wasn't a broad range. And so what I tried to do, and it kind of fizzled out near the end because I wasn't necessarily getting much feedback, it may have been appreciated, was I sent out newsletters, tried to once a quarter, just kind of giving an update or once a month trying to give an update of what happened in the world for those that may not have uh, been around, um, what's happening with Mythic Realms outside of plots-related stuff. And then I've also made a few forms on Google Forms, actually, uh, with some incentive to fill that out so we could get it to the right person, so we could hear people's feedback on rules, on monsters, on the plot that's happening, on character stuff. And so, you know, you would get a few Mythic points here and there for filling out those forms, and I gave the related people a spreadsheet of the answers with no names on it unless they wanted to add a name. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to push was a non, uh, anonymous <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, and so I kept that up for a while and I think the forms are still there. I just kind of stopped doing the newsletters. Um, didn't see much feedback on that. And now that Zyra is doing her mm-hmm. almost weekly posts on the forums to keep people in, in the loop of what's happening. It's not necessary really. Yeah. 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 The forums I think are just a great wealth of information uh, that can be a little overwhelming at, at first, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's definitely useful as you get into it. See, that's kind of one reason that I haven't gone in and read the world library is because I, that's a lot of info to try to absorb all at once. And I'd rather role play in game and get that info from somebody in game. So the one thing to know about the World Library is it's got information on the history of the world, but it isn't necessarily recent history. Yeah. So if you want to know stuff that's happened in the past or some general stuff about countries and people, go ahead. But anything that's happened within the past few years, you're probably not going to see there. Yeah. And that's more related to the forums at that point that you'll want to see that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we do have, like, a current events spot on the forums, which talks about everything kind of after the World Library, pretty much. So Mm -hmm. I like that. I've been reading up on that. I need to respond to a post. (laughs) That you were just made aware of this morning? No, well, that one, too. But by the way, Nevis, check the posts. Something fun just happened for us. But uh, Or check the forums. But no, with the barbarians, I need to post something. 
Yeah, you should. <laughs> and then also email plot. Do a downtime. Because just saying you're doing all the forms without informing plot on the back end, like, hey, my character's oh, actually I'm, doing that. I'm going to have to. Because it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, so. So, and, and one thing that some people may not realize with uh, the current events is that is what the average person hears in the world, not what happens in Northwatch. So it's a, it can be distorted. It may not be the full truth. Mm-hmm. It can be completely inaccurate. But for the most part, it is like reading a newspaper. It's what is happening, but it's not going to give you what we need as characters in Northwatch to be able to act. And then we'll have to dig in for more information. Right. It can give you, it can give you breadcrumbs of stuff to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times it's rumor. Um that that gets put in the current events and so you're like wait that doesn't sound right like let me look into this type thing so Nivet says I'd like to see more info about more recent NPCs and retired characters on the world library yeah that'd be nice yeah, I agree I, I would like <laughs> to see that too but it is a lot of work honestly yeah. for plot to sit down and type all that up and then get it on there so I mean, it is a volunteer position that mm-hmm. people dedicate their time outside of work to do. So there is kind of that balancing act of should we have the World Library be more of a history of sorts or more of current events? Um, and that's kind of the struggle that's happening in yeah. that case is they have lives outside of mm-hmm. Mythic Realms. So having someone sit down and do that, I mean. Yeah. Yep. It's hard and it's a lot of work. Um, well, let's see. Zanny32 says, I think it's up to the players to make up bios about their PCs. Yeah. yeah. And and if you retire in PC, your PC and it's now a retired PC or you want to have your current player on the World Library, type up a few paragraphs or whatever you'd like and then email it in and see if they will put that on the forums. Yeah. So... Uh, how many... Oh, sorry, not World Library, not Forms. Yeah, World, no, same thing. We get you. <laughs> but uh, did you have to go to plot meetings and how often did the... Or not plot, but like staff, staff. meetings? Uh, yes. We have a staff meeting. Try to once a quarter unless some emergency comes up and we need to have one sooner. Uh, there's also the staff forums. So I've tried to go to them as much as possible. I've missed, I think, two... Out of 10-ish. Okay. Um, granted, I don't have a whole lot going in my life outside of work and LARP, so I have a lot of free time so I can make it. But other people have families, you know, jobs that are not friendly for time, so they may not be able to make it. And so we try to have someone have minutes or something like that that they could post of what happened. Yep. I do avoid plot meetings, though. I put my foot down with Mythic Realms. I'm like, I'm a player. I am not a plot runner. Yeah. Because I used to DM, what, five years before Mythic Realms? And I was always the DM. I was never the player. So I'm like, I just want to interact with the world. I don't want to run the world. Right. Um, I don't mind doing some, like, one-shots or occasional module that is my, like, "Eh, let's just do this one thing. But I don't want to be integrated with trying to come up with the back end for... Northwatch as a whole. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Evan says he just read the post. Nice. <laughs> so I'm excited. That means we have to do some. We have to do some thinking though. 
But uh, I'm just asking because I'm kind of considering maybe taking the position up. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it takes too much time, so I don't know if it's something. I think it's been filled or we're having a last-minute discussion on the two candidates. Oh, that's right great, then. So I just didn't know we were that far on it. I thought yeah. that no one – I thought everyone was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> I was, but if there's people already, then I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Like, And it's wrapping up this discussion. I think our next staff meeting will have a person settled. Nice. So we should be good in that front. Oh, well, that's good, yeah. then something that we as staff have been working on getting those empty positions refilled because <laughs> it's it's creating a lot of stress and tension to not have all of the positions properly and it's hard to just filled. because they're volunteers so we can't hire someone to do that mm-hmm. you want to be right. willing and it's on their time honestly so yep. I mean each person who does a position will have different levels or different ways to go about that position so you you'll, you won't have another grant filling that position, right? It'll it'll be different. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll operate in the position differently than than you did. Um, so yeah, you can't ever expect the position to look exactly the same from person to person, because yeah, it does depend a lot on your time, availability, motivation, mm-hmm. um, all those things. So because it is volunteer. <laughs> yep. And that's the hard part with Mythic Realms having so many positions. What are we up to, like 14 or 15? Yeah, we've got a lot of positions. I mean, we could probably combine a few, but... Yeah, there are um, I mean, we, we have an average of 20 to 30 people per week. So it's yeah. like half of them are doing something related to Mythic Realms. Yep. That's crazy. Or multiple positions for one person. So that's just the difficulty is if you want to have a lot of nuanced things happening... In a LARP group, that's going to be more positions, but then you need more people to be willing to fill that position. So sometimes you might have to try this new position and it won't work out and maybe cut it back and say, okay, it will be part of this other one and they'll just occasionally do it or they could get help to help uh, with that occasionally. Yep. Yeah. Like uh, one of the positions that we're considering um, trimming down, I guess, is the quartermaster um, so the quartermaster right now we have quartermaster and then we have master at arms, which handles like the weaponry. And then we have costume director, which handles the costuming side of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're considering getting rid of, uh, oh, and then the armor director, which handles specifically like the metal armor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so we're, um, considering getting rid of those three lower positions, having just the quartermaster and then whoever, you know, wants to help when they can with those other things, you know, that's, that's awesome, but they are, they're not officially a part of Mm -hmm. staff. They're just helping because they like the game and they want it to be better. (laughs) And sometimes it may get a little bit much for just one person to do. So they could ask people to help um, assist them um, as the need arrives, like with uh, master of arms, we do spurts of needing new weapons and then they last for X amount of time and then we need a new one. So mm. there's like that middle time between those crafting that there isn't much for them to do outside of occasionally checking to see if a weapon's safe or not. So right. it might be more of a project based compared to a full position. Right. Yeah. So yeah, lots of, lots of things to consider. And, and all of this is, um, you know, we're really trying to create a game that people want to come play. 
mm-hmm. and that is also enjoyable for the people running it. Yeah. So that's that's one of the uh, the big balancing acts I think in this whole thing is trying to make it fun and uh, enjoyable for the people running it as well as the people playing. And I think that's basically right where the player <laughs> emissary sits is yeah. is trying to help negotiate uh, that balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. finding the the sweet spot from a week to week basis or you know, plot to plot basis and ensuring that some people that may be a little bit more timid get some sort of sort of voice spoken to at least get in the ear. Even if something doesn't happen right away, it's, oh, yeah, he said this about this one character. When can we fit in something for them and then put that on the kind of map, the road map for that? Yeah, absolutely. Have, as player emissary, have you ever explained to anybody about downtime and like pursuing plot and how that works? Or like, yeah, um, and and it's a hard balancing act to do with uh, downtime and between module type of things because again, that is something for plot to do outside of the normal module, which can take some of their time. So. Uh, with downtime, it is very much a. My player does this for the month of March outside of these modules that we're doing every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware this is a recommendation of your character, not what your character does. Like, my character goes to different taverns to see if there's any rumors happening. Great. My character goes to these taverns to find this one rumor. Maybe not. Um, you need to uh, understand whenever you're deciding what your character is doing for downtime is. Your character doesn't do this, this, and this. My character wants to do this by trying to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So saying my character is trying to find, you know, who's who kicked all the barbarians into the water when it was trying to be, you know, basically purged from Acheron. Yeah. You don't, you say my character is going to be going to these taverns or to my contacts at this place and asking about, X, Y, and Z, not like my character's going to find out about this and leave it at that. So, so there's a number of details you need to put in there, but at the same time, you need to leave it up to have plot decide the outcome. Yeah. Not saying my character does this and this is the outcome. And that's kind of where you need to do it. And if you need help with that, you can go to some of the other people and, you know, have them read your downtime and kind of help you tweak it. I yeah, know I know oftentimes when I write my downtime, I'll say, I'm going to go do this. And if I get this answer, this <laughs> is what I'm going to do. And if I get this answer, I'm going to do this other thing. <laughs> Pardon me, one barbarian. Yeah, that's <laughs> one. He gives his bits to the barbarian. <laughs> Poor barbarians. And, and one thing you need to be aware of is it takes them a little while to get back to you, up to a month. So if you send in the middle of October... You may not get a response from what you did for October till the middle of November. You don't want to start hitting them up a week later saying, hey, mm. where's my answer? Hey, where's my answer? Hey, yeah. where's my answer? It's, hey, they need to discuss this. Hey, they need to discuss this. Hey, we need to type this up. Or we need to figure out what the hell we're going to be doing and then get back to you. Evan says, I didn't realize the importance of downtime until way late. And, and it, it kind of goes down to play style too yeah some people don't care like some people are built around downtime 
Um, I know Valoron, my other character, is built around downtime. Um, And, you know, a few of the sneakier people have to be built around downtime because you can't be sneaky while uh, on a module. Well, you can, but getting information between modules is hard without that. Right, yeah. And some people is very much a face-to-face type of thing, and that's kind of where weekenders come in, where people could come in and get you information and interactions for that. That's what Ren was saying last week, is that she's built... She's a lot more awesome during downtime, so it makes me think that she's she's built more for downtime too. I don't know, and maybe putting words in her mouth, but that almost no. seems like what she is. But she definitely is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was fun, but uh, so good times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and I've had things bite me in the butt for Valoron for what I've done in downtime too. Um, I. I almost took a death because of what happened in downtime. They came in during a weekend and then they basically used a ritual hand of uh, death on me because of what I did during downtime. Wow. So it's five force obliterates, takes you straight down to your death count. Uh, luckily, I survived, <laughs> but it was a you screwed up during your downtime. Let's talk because we're friends. No, we're not. Here's a hand of death in your face. Wow. So, so there is that kind of thing you need to be careful of too, especially if you're uh, the CD type or the sneaky type. Is there is things that can go wrong. It's not always going to go your way, and that's one thing. Is yes, you're heroic, but you're not all powerful. Right, you're going to screw up. You're going to make enemies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool for sure. All right. So there's a couple different ways that you can get responses for downtimes, too. So sometimes we'll get it back in an email. um, And sometimes they'll um, they'll just talk to you face to face, sometimes Mm -hmm. like out of game face to face. And then um, sometimes they'll just have a NPC come in as a response to Mm -hmm. your downtime. Mm-hmm. Or, or like today, we got a response on the forums, on the forums. to our down. Right. I mean, that was more of a pigeon, which was still during downtime. But I, I don't know that I've ever seen that before. But no, that was a forum post. It just went to my email. So, um, and the one thing with that is sometimes they do face to face conversations, like during open house or between modules or like after a module, because it requires some sort of back and forth, a conversation happening for that downtime that you can't replicate easily via email or, you know, hang out or something else like that. And sometimes when they talk to me face to face, I'm like, email that to me too, because I'm going to have to reference that. Yeah. That's why I have a notebook. Because some of them, I asked that once, and they're like, nope, this is it. And I was like, okay. Oh, look, I'm <laughs> seriously. And some, and some people, you know, don't do emails after they talk to you because that is... It's a lot of work it's for them. It's kind of hard to of summarize, too, because it was a very fluid conversation. Yeah. So basically, don't say, in my downtime, I'm going to go and start picking a bunch of... Poking. poking a bunch of drakes in a cave. Well, you can... But they're going to come back to you like, are you sure you will die if you do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you take a death. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know. You could die during downtime. That's cool. Yes. It, it is. It can. It can happen, but it is something that plot will say. What you're going to be doing is 
something that is going to be very dangerous and will probably have repercussions and you could possibly take a death doing this. Actually, we you still want to do this. We actually yeah. had that recently when we did the cleaning up our backyard where we were killing monsters. They asked some pretty specific questions <laughs> and were like, this is going to be dangerous depending on which way you go. And so a lot of us were preparing for the possibilities of death during downtime. So I have thought about it before. It was, none of us did die, luckily, but. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That was a random NPC encounter that I threw in during a week of just a monster coming in and more or less it was a what poltergeist a spirit ghost that came in and was possessing people and blaming them for their death because they weren't cleaning their backyard <laughs> so if someone actually died from that I'd be like sorry <laughs> <laughs> no we actually found I think it was some drakes oh really in our backyard mm-hmm. man That's banner fun. stop that <laughs> so. right banner it's totally his fault Yep, I honestly think the only reason we survived is because we had Boji and Crow. <laughs> Boji. What a tattletale. Tattletale <laughs> <laughs> tattletale barbarian. Alright. So any more player emissary stuff or should we move on to magic? Mm, that's about it. You just need to kind of get a feel for how your modules are normally ran. And kind of get the expectation of player to player. And some of them, they're fine with whatever. And you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about you. You'll just roll with whatever's happening. But then others are like, you need to find tooth comb to ensure that they're at least being heard. And and so, and it does vary from a LARP group to LARP group, kind of what that details. Because Mythic Realms is a story-based um LARP, so there is going to be plot there. We do a lot of monster stuff because it's hard to run a weekly event of pure plot yeah. over and mm. over, so there's going to be fighting, so you need to find that balance in acting. Oh, yeah. So that's just kind of how that is. Yeah. Alright, well can you pull up the website and go to the rule book and go to, <laughs> is Arcana oh. first or Mystic? Magic. The best part. <laughs> Which do you want to talk about first? We could probably talk Whatever about whichever one is first. first in the rule book. Which <laughs> one is first, Arcana or Mystic? I don't know. Uh, core rule book? Yeah, core rule book. So basically we're just going through and reading the skills and describe what they do. Arcanist, because it is alphabetical. No, it is not. I lied. It is Arcanist, then Mystic, then Fighter, then Rogue. Okay, that's awesome. So go to Arcanist <laughs> first. So Arcanist is like... Um, Yes, we do need to find a wielder for the summer sword. Yeah, that's what I was saying is we need to have a discussion, and that was the discussion. <laughs> we need to find a wielder for that because that is cool. I was just going to be make like... Don't Get away from No, he's me. giving it to us. Good. That's what the thing basically said is that we have to basically continue to keep it empowered, so someone's going to have to like bond it to themselves and do something to empower it, which I think is going to happen this week. But we need to find a wielder for it. So me and Boji have to have some conversations now. Okay. So I may be, uh, what time is your, and Airstar needs to sign up. I do need to sign up for the event. I will now, especially since I was named in the teaser for the event. I better be there. I'm going to have to switch mine over to Valoron from Kovach because it is really something that he would help you with. Yeah. 
So, uh, all right. So what we're going to do is we're just going to read them and explain them. And since neither one of us really do this. Yeah. But you. This is all are, you. It is my I'm specialty. Gonna, as well, especially as well. Not, not only that, but you're now making chair. characters. So you <laughs> yeah. need to be averse totally in all back. the skills. So I thought, what the heck? Let's do it. So we have plenty of time. Arcanus is more or less your normal type of <sighs> wizard player. When you think of wizard or mage, it is an Arcanus. They do the elemental stuff. They do, you know, the time and space and, you know, all of those type of things like evocation, like in D&D. Actually, it, it's basically the wizard class in D&D. <laughs> wizard and sorcerer, basically. Um, yeah. And so that is what an arcanist is. Uh, they obviously go about that in a few different ways. Have you talked about any of the combat classes yet or is this yeah. the first time we're diving no. out we, we talked about rogue. fighter and thief yeah fighter and rogue that was rogue, rogue or thief rogue rogue, rogue. we didn't talk rogue about breaker the, now we didn't talk about the the class we just talked about the what, yeah. are, what are these called they're not classes the they're just talents. talents talents they're kind of the foundation of yeah, what the your foundation character is says thanks Valoran uh, thanks Valoran for helping us for what? Because you said you're going to switch oh, over yeah. from Kovac to Valoran. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Just doing my duty. Yeah. <laughs> and because I want help. Good, sometimes. I need my bonds there. So, Arcanist. The, the, main, the main one you'd see with Arcanist, and some people like to try to switch it up, not have this at-will type of casting, is the elemental spell casting. And this is kind of where you get into the stereotypical wizard type of thing where um, on a five count so I summon fire, I summon air, or I summon earth or water, one I summon water, two I summon water, three, up to five, you would then throw a spell packet with a damage type so burn you three, burn you four shock you, whatever and, and that is kind of the basis to that and you get that as soon as you pick up this skill um, it is thrown through a spell packet, which is, you know, shredded rubber wrapped in a cloth. Uh, you can't swing it. You can't punch someone in the face with it. Um, granted, you can get close to their face and then let go of the packet and hit them. But you can't actually hit them with the packet in your hand. Unless you just go whack. <laughs> you really shouldn't, but we're kind of loose on tapping someone. In a combat yeah. situation, we don't recommend that because... People are jumping around and you put your hand up to their body. It's going to probably end up punching them. (laughs) But like if you're between things and you need to really tap someone because you're hitting them with something very quickly, that's fine. But as soon as it turns to combat, I would highly recommend start throwing them. Let go. Yeah. And so elemental spellcasting. The first part is literally at will spellcasting like I discussed. From there, it gets kind of interesting. Unlike the other skills, which... At level 1, level 5, level 10, so forth, you get per battle uses. Elemental spellcasting at level 1, 5, 10, you get to choose one of three options. So the first option is the strike um, or burst. Sometimes you'll see it listed as burst. Mm-hmm. And it's a empowered spell, basically. It is typically used in a three-packet format that you get once per battle. Um, of your base spell casting at will damage plus X amount. I think at the starting it is plus, plus three. three. Yeah, it's plus three for three packets. Yeah, so instead of burn you two, you're doing burn five, burn five, burn five. And or that's a, plus six for one packet. I'm getting there. 
Oh, okay. So another good thing about the burst, even though it's once per battle, is you don't have to sit there on a five count because the one thing with counting with spells is it gets interrupted if you get hit unless you have a special ability that doesn't let you get interrupted. So if you're on your three and then someone hits you, you uh, you have to start over. With a burst, you're simply ice them in fire to burn you five, burn you five, burn you five, or burn you whatever. So, and it can't get interrupted even between those three packets. So you could like ice them in fire to burn you three, and someone's hitting you, right? Burn you, burn you, uh, during that. So, so that is quite useful, and you can actually hold it for a little while between them. I think it's mm-hmm. three seconds. So it's like I burn you five, and you're running away for a few seconds, and you turn around and throw another packet at them, and then you keep on running. Um, the alternative to that, which I don't see used too often, uh, just because on a damage output wise, it's better to do three packet is the single packet version. So it's a single larger damage. So it's in plus six instead of plus three of a single. So if your base is three, you'd be saying burn you nine once. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's Twitch. Dot TV slash A R R U S T A R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top of the line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite Number 5 in South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time. Um, and it just follows the same rules of it's not a five count. Yeah. So uh, for those who listened, um, were listening and watching in when we did the fighter and rogue, this is basically the caster version of weapon proficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or backstab. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so one thing to note about both elemental and mystic spell casting is each time you hit one of those key points one five ten you could choose any of these three that i'm going to be talking about you don't have to choose the same one and stuck in that for all of them so i could choose you know burst for level one and then when i hit level five i could use heightened strike and then so forth as you put more skill points towards that uh the next one i want to talk about is uh heightened strike and this is a increase to the damage you get with your burst or strike so Typically, it's a plus three for a three packet or plus six whenever you do a strike. If you choose the heightened strike option, you will get a plus four on all of your three pack three packets and an extra plus eight. So instead of doing a plus three of burn you six, burn you six, burn you six, you add an extra four on that. So it is a burn you ten, burn you ten, burn you ten. At that point, so an extra That's twelve how points. People do that. I'm like, yes, Dang. <laughs> but it does take up one of your abilities to do the burst. So sometimes people would rather have uh, six burn you sixes instead of three burn you tens. Okay. It is up to you, and then it also increases your one packet by plus eight. So instead of a plus six, you're doing a plus fourteen for that one packet. So it can get pretty high, and if you're a character that is a very, you're not a long a marathon fighter you you jump in there a marathon spellcaster you jump in there a little bit and you back off and you you go back to like healing or defensive type of stuff you can pick this strike and then start heightening it so you can get that one burn you 12 burn you 12 burn you 12 you're like okay i'm done and now i'm gonna go back to helping people Mm. um sometimes i mean you can take heightened strike at level one 
but it's useless if you only have level one because you don't have any bursts at level one. So it is kind of dependent on if you can actually use that striker burst. I hate to throw a lot of oh, I oh, I hate to throw a lot of spell packets because then I have to pick them up. It's a true story, bro. <laughs> you should totally pay someone in game to pick it up for you. <laughs> We're rolling in the money and people do anything for a copper. I believe that is Zisto. Zisto. Yeah, it looks like his. Picking up spell packets is. And, and that's the downside of a spellcaster is you have to deal with the cleanup of the, your spells afterwards. <laughs> Especially when it's dark. It's very difficult. And so... Yes. And that can be a reason why you do the single packet instead of the three packet, or you do the heightened strike on top of your once a battle strike. So you're not cleaning up six to nine to twelve packets. You're cleaning up three of extra damage. Right. Well, welcome to the stream, by the way, Mechadon. I appreciate you being here. Or Zisto. Thank you. (laughs) And then the third option is just to do a static increase to your at will. So... The strike and the heightened strike don't really affect your at will five count spell casting. It is a base three. Base three. Two. Yeah, base three points. So if you're doing at will and you just like to keep that stream of occasional damage happening throughout a fight and pick up all the spell packets. He's at three. Three. He's confirming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a colon three. I'm like, oh, is that an emoji? No. Um, so you could in- instead choose to do that plus one static increase. And all that does is instead of doing threes, you now do fours at all times. It doesn't give you any per battle bursts or anything else like that. And so that is kind of an alternative you can do there. Um, yep. Some people really like to hammer on the plus one bonus and do that constant one because there are runes you can choose and abilities that actually shorten that uh, Eldritch Soul I think reduces your count by one so you're doing four count instead of five count um, and there's ways to not interrupt that so you can really go that route and some people do strikes and so that is more or less elemental spell casting uh, just like uh, weapon proficiency and backstab at level two three four uh, six seven eight nine you do get bonus uses, uh, logistics of the burst strike ability. So once a logistics, you can do a strike. So if you want to do level one heightened strike, then level get it up to level three, you'll have two logistical uses of a heightened strike if you really want to. Yep. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Mavid says, hire the young adventurers to pick up the packets. I'm good at that. <laughs> also, I have to do this. So Megadon is a subscriber. So we have to do the subscriber dance. Oh, yeah. I told him I would do this. Yeah, I told him I would do this, too. Because he was like, I subscribe to you. So I told him I would do the dance. Who else subscribed? There you go. She just replayed it, which means that now Lone Star is going to really have to heal himself. Uh, let's see. I think I might. I have wasted my silver on much less lucrative adventures. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Who else is a subscriber? The waste. We have uh, Mr. Cheyenne as a subscriber. Do we have uh, to dance for that too? No, we, okay. no, we've already done that. We had Winged Vox that was a subscriber. Uh, let's see, not enough clanking in that dance. <laughs> yeah. When we're trying to sneak and then you walk by, you ruin it all. Oh my gosh, trying to walk through that bat cave in this armor without waking up the bats was so Doing hard. Doing the Tausagora? Yeah, it was like. 
<laughs> yeah, it was so hard. I did it then. Rip audio on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. we're gonna have to. Her fault. That really yeah, we're gonna have to change the volume levels on that for sure because people might have headphones on and they're gonna be deaf and they're not gonna be very happy with us. So. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My bad. <laughs> no, actually. I mean, I, I did say that we're so. going to be, oh, you blame Zisto for, for subscribing. Don't, don't blame him for subscribing, though. I want people to subscribe. But anyway. So. So that's the basic of elemental spellcasting. That's kind of the one, like, oh, I want to be a wizard. I want to be a spellcaster. You would normally pick that up because it does give you the ability to do something throughout all of combat, whereas a lot of these other skills is a kind of a one use per battle type of use. Yep. Use, one use, use per battle yeah, type up. of use. <laughs> use. Use, 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 <laughs> um, So the next one I want to talk about is Grant Dodge and Grant Parry. Which is one spell. Yes. Basically you get one a battle, you choose either Grant Dodge or Grant Parry when you cast it. It is a time and space spell, uh, so it is a slightly different sub-genre subclass of uh, arcanist and basically you can give someone else the defensive ability of a bonus parry or bonus dodge uh, this it just does mean the player if they have other ways to do that bonus uh, defensive ability they can't really stack that but if they have a per battle use of dodge or parry they can then get that bonus one it's great to give to someone who typically doesn't have defenses especially if they have a shield Yep. Yay, Nevis Gaming, go subscribe! Woo! I'm going to get closer so I'm on the screen. Yay! <laughs> Since you are staying on Twitch, well, thank you for that, Nevis. <laughs> so you have to stay on Twitch? You switch now. I was going to switch, but I was going to switch from Twitch. <laughs> um, so it's, it's the caster who chooses whether it's Grand Dodge or Grand Perry at the time of the casting. You don't just give it to someone. They're like, oh, no, I want Perry. Uh, so <laughs> one of the downsides, if you do have this ability, is to actually communicate to the people you're giving it to to ensure that they can actually use it. Because if they're raging, they can't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have a bonus use already on them, it's kind of useless, especially if it's a temporary one. So it does require that. And if you do give it to someone like, oh, I can't use that, you're out of luck, <laughs> SOL, because you just wasted it. Yeah. Now, I know this is going to be a question that some people have. Can you cast it on yourself? Oh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I sometimes do that. It, it, it's fine. Uh, some people are like, oh, well, that's selfish of them. you just like, I have the ability. I'm going to be doing this. I get to decide. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But... But it, it kind of comes down to your way of play. <laughs> you can easily get the parry skill and a grant parry skill. So you have that two battle parry plus that extra third one without spending all those extra points. Granted, grant parry, grant dodge is not cheap. Yeah. That's not the most expensive thing. When he says cheap, he's talking about the skill points yes. that are required to buy it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Mechardom says all the time. <laughs> Uh, well, that's Zisto. <laughs> uh, All right, so now uh, Elemental Sheath? Yep, Elemental Sheath or Spell Power. Just like Grant Parry, Grant Dodge, this is a either-or at the time of casting. 
Um, just like the others at level 1, 5, 10, etc., you get a battle use of it. But it is more in line with elemental spellcasting in the sense of at 1, 5, or 10, you could actually choose either to get another battle use of the sheath, or you could actually increase the damage of the sheath. So instead of having two per battle uh, elemental sheath X, you can do one that's a battle elemental sheath X with an extra three on it or something like that. So normally you'd grab someone's weapon and you have to apply this to a weapon. You can't just touch them on the head. Um, and you're like, I summon fire to elemental sheath. Uh, sorry, I summon fire to fire sheath plus three or fire sheath three. Or... I summon air to air sheath three or something like that. Right. So you decide at that time which element. But there is the ability, if you do the increase, you can actually... So if you are level five, you could do once a battle sheath, and then at five you do the empower, the increasing it. You actually then get the alternative use of magic sheath. So you could actually, for those th- swings, which when you do apply a sheath or empower spell to someone, it is the next three swings or spells uh, that is damaging will get a bonus to it. So if I normally swing for two normal because I'm a base fighter and someone gives me a fire sheath three, I now swing for the next three swings of uh, three, no, five five flame. Thank you. Five flame. Uh, But... One caveat is you don't necessarily have to swing the damage type. I can instead do five normal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And that just kind of comes down to the ability to decide which damage type you're swinging at any given time, as long as you can swing that. So if I have a magic weapon, I can technically swing for magic or normal at any time. Right, But with the fire sheath, now it's magic, normal, or flame. Granted, if you don't use that flame, it is still getting used up for those next three swings. So instead, if I do five normal five normal five normal you still use those flame. uh flame sheet three right because you're still taking that damage increase now isn't there, isn't there a time limit on it you can only do it within within five minutes five minutes so if you're just done with combat and someone gives it to you if there's no combat within the next five minutes you lose it and yeah. so that's kind of the downside to that the alternative use is empower spell and this is where you target a person not a weapon and basically you give them power power spell x um, and the incant for that is I summon time and space to empower spell X. And this is uh, kind of where you get into the damaging either at will spell casting or the burst gets an extra bonus on top of that. So if I have a burst, if I use my bursts of three packet with that extra plus three and then someone gives me empower spell three, your next three packets, that burst is going to be plus six instead of three. Nice. So instead of two uh, burn you two, it's now burn you eight, burn you eight, burn you eight. So that is one thing to note, too. I typically do see this skill used as a sheath just because of the benefit of swinging that damage type. Because when you do have that fire fire shape sheath, air sheath on you, when you do a killing blow or death blow, you could use that element. Yeah. So when we're fighting trolls and no one has a flame weapon, <laughs> you can um, flame sheath flame sheath someone and then they could do that killing blow or death blow on that troll to make sure it doesn't come back up. And yeah. and this there is a rune 
equivalent of this too that some people tend to have on them for like flame sheath five runes that does the same effect Nevitz Gaming says I picked up Grant Perry Dodge with his other character his Bromerai Bromerai the one we haven't seen in a while I've had so much work to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah we had reasons for not playing them though so okay but so that is sheets and empower spell the next one is an elemental based ability it is repel you and trip you this is a crowd control just like the fighter rogue version of repel and trip so good it is thrown instead of swung so it can't really be blocked with a weapon which makes it nice and it is simply I summon air to repel you like a big gust of wind and you take 10 steps back or I summon earth to trip you and they just take a knee for 10 seconds unless they really want to role play you know falling face first into the ground or something like that <laughs> wouldn't recommend that in the middle of combat yeah <laughs> and it, but it can be a fun role play if you're not in the middle of combat yeah <laughs> and, and that's basically all this is uh, repel you trip you again it has to be a spell pack it can't be swung the uh, fighter rogue version is the swung version and it's just repel and trip so the keyword there is the U at the end of it so if you felt yourself getting hit and you don't know if it's swung or not because it's from behind if you hear repel you assume it's a spell and call your defensive defenses as necessary and right. if you just repel assume it's a weapon unless they correct you yep and again the repel you just like the repel skill it is away from the person who hit you with it not away from where they hit you yep so any direction directly away from the person so the person is here any direction directly away from that person. it is if you're here you have to go exactly away from them so you can't choose a direction off to the side so if someone's behind you and hits you with a repel you you have to go into the group kind of thing directly away from them right directly away from them. yeah you kind of did that weird well oh. yeah because that's still directly away from them doesn't matter this is this was something that we talked about uh, when we went to Rome. Yeah, when we went to Rome. So they said repel just has to be directly away from them in, in any direction. It just has to be away from them. So Then I may be wrong. So it's because sometimes people will be like, oh, repel, but there's a tree right here. So I'm just going to sit here and run into this tree and actually not go to, anywhere. You have to go around obstacles. <laughs> That's just kind of part of repel right. and repel. You. you go around obstacles, but it is away from the person. Yeah. Um, and safety is necessary. So if you're against the edge of a river or stream, you go along the edge of the stream, even though that may be sideways. Uh, unless you want to jump into the stream. That's up to you. Which a few people have done. Not intentionally, though. So, again, that goes back to safety. Right. Yeah. Anyways, like taking a knee, sometimes that may not be safe in the middle of a crowded combat in, you know, Castle of Chaos or somewhere like that. Yeah. You just kind of squat a little bit, but kind of protect yourself uh, yeah. versus taking a knee. Or if there's, you know, we're fighting on a campsite and there's probably glass laying around and you don't have knee pads or anything like that. Don't take a knee. I should have done that on the uh, Talisabar Weekender because I ripped the knees in my pants. And every time I went down, all those wood, all those twigs, oh. I was, my knees were bleeding by the end of the Weekender. Oh and I was like, I should have not gone down on my knee. I recommend knee pads. Yeah. Either gel or the you know BMX or something like that. 
necessary now. unless you have nice greaves that cover up your knees. Levitz Gaming says, yeah, he's going to be my primary character after I retire Boji. If and you ever retire him. Yeah, he will. He's waiting on me, though. So slow. <laughs> I mean, so I get your shield. No. I don't want to retire as soon as I get the shield. Like, that would be boring. Like, I want to be able to use the shield for at least a little bit. You know, once or twice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. Once or twice. No, man. That's going to be... Let's see. I do play him on occasion, and he says, I recommend not fighting. <laughs> Run away. Fighting is fun. Mosh pitting is not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Slight difference there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. That happens... So. More often than not, sometimes lately. Well, it happens a lot in Castle. Yeah. You just have to, to kind of it. build your module around the location. Like for the winter, if you're in Castle, it's a lot of corridor fighting, so it's hard to keep a lot of people engaged unless you have other things happening that someone can run. Yep. Um, another NPC can marshal or something like that. Yep. You usually end up getting flanked. Mm hmm. Which so is that, good. Yeah, so that the people in the back have something to do rather than just walking and talking the whole time because the people mm. in the front are taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the next one is the other two elements. So there was air and earth. This one is a crowd control for water and fire. Created fire is not crowd control. It is freezer limb and fire burst. And again, this is kind of you choose at the time of your casting. You don't choose when you buy it. The first is freezer limb. And it is, I summon water to freeze your right limb, freeze your left limb. You you have to, sorry, your right arm, your left arm, your right leg, your left leg. You have to call it when you do the spell. So you might, you will, it is a longer encant based off of the others. So I summon water to freeze your right limb. Uh, one thing to note with weapons and shields, if they freeze your shield arm or your weapon arm, if you get hit on that weapon or shield, you take the damage. Yep. It's just like a maim. Yep. Well, except with maim, you're supposed to drop the weapon. If you can. Yeah, if you can. Granted, but you're not you, supposed to drop your shield. You can. If it's a punch shield, you can, as long as it's not going to get in the way of combat. Yeah, if it's, if it's a small enough shield, yes. But, it, yeah, the big thing is the safety. Tripping yeah. hazards. Then again, some shields are strapped, so you don't drop them because... Taking yep. off the strap. That's why pieces. I like this shield. If I let go of it, it's not going anywhere because we strapped it so that it is tight. <laughs> so it, it even move. so even when I'm unconscious and I'm not supposed to be holding it, I'm not holding it, but it's coming with me wherever they drag me. So exactly, it, super handy. So that's the one thing you want to uh, be aware of when you do freeze your limb is you're taking damage through that shield if they hit you with freeze your left arm, yeah. if you're a left-handed shield wielder. Um, Which most people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do want to try to switch it up once and see how badly I do, which will probably be very badly. <laughs> um, the alternative to this is called Fire Burst, and this is the kind of the only damaging spell in the base arcane outside of the elemental, uh, spell, elemental spell casting. And so this is a mass packet, which is... Up to 10 packets, uh, either in one or both hands, so you could throw them all out in both hands, or if you just want to do one hand, and you do burn you five. So you I summon fire to uh, fire burst, burn you five, and then you throw out the spell packets. And so any of any people get hit by the spell packets takes a burn you five, whether friend or foe. So if someone gets hit in the back of the head because you're throwing from the back of the group, they should be taking the burn you five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Granted, if you get hit with multiple packets, you only take one instance of that burn five. So right. I can't 
unload all 10 into your chest and assume you take burn you 50 from those 10. It is a single burn you 5. See, that is something I did not know until we talked about it recently in another one because there was sometimes someone did like a dragon breath or one and I got hit with like three of them and I took all three and went down. But if it had only been the one, I actually would have survived. Like Surviving a dragon breath. <laughs> That's impressive. It was something like that. It was like a dragon burst or something. I guess it was a something. drake. That's yeah. I don't, more it, was a, it was last... I don't, know, I don't remember exactly, but it was a burst packet and I was like... I just took three of those. Ow. Yep. <laughs> they were like burst 10. And I was, I was like, that's 30 damage. I am down. <laughs> but I had my armor on. And if it was only 10, I would have still been alive by like three hit points. But I've still been alive. <laughs> yeah. So so that's the one thing to be aware of with any, any mass packets of anything. If you see someone throwing multiple packets at once, it's considered a mass packet. If it's a multi-packet uh, kind of... Like a three packet ability, like lightning, uh, force lightning, which is a very rare ability, which is force shock you 33 times. They have to do it force shock you 30, force shock you 30, force shock you 30. They have to say each one individually so you know that they're separate. Right. But uh, that's kind of the difference. If you only hear the call once and you get hit with multiple packets, it's a mass packet. If you hear the call multiple times, it is a multi packet, a number of packets. So you have to take them each. Uh, yep. The nice thing with mass packet if you have the free hand so it's not good with the shield if you have them both in your hand you actually throw them two separate directions they don't have to be in the same direction mm-hmm. so you could throw it behind you in front of you to the left and right anything like that as long as there's only 10 packets yep no more than 10 yep you can do less than 10 if you oh, want you could do one if you really want to you're like you're fighting one person i don't want to have to pick up those five to ten packets take one <laughs> as long as you know you're gonna hit them right. Nevin says i may not play bodhi as much this winter because of Hallway fights. And then he says he reduces maims, no dropping my hammer for the win. Yep. So some some classes and some uh, abilities give you the option to not drop your weapon. Instead, you just kind of go limp arm, limp noodle with your weapon in your hand. And so that's always the benefit because after the 10 seconds, you have the weapon in your hand instead of picking it up after 10 seconds. Mm. What you can always do if you do a one-hand fighter and you don't have anything on your offhand, is if you drop your weapon, pick it up with your other hand and start swinging with your left hand because only one hand is maimed. It's not the weapon that is maimed. It is the hand. Mm -hmm. Granted, you can't just drop the weapon into your other hand when you get maimed because you have to drop it on the ground and then pick it up. It does also uh, freeze your limb. Obviously, it's not a maim in this case, so it'd be stuck in your hand. Uh, two-handed weapons kind of suck with maim and freezer limb just because especially with freezer limb if you got maimed with two-handed weapon you can you can still block mm-hmm. with one hand that's perfectly fine but if you get frozen your limb with two-handed weapon your one of your hands that's gripping the weapon is frozen there so you have a lot less play mm-hmm. you yeah. can't move your hand with your other hand it is frozen in place and you can't really you can't move, move it, it. Yeah. you could walk you'd have to to move your whole body but again that comes into the play of the damage is done through your weapon with that frozen hand two-handed is kind of iffy i've never really thought about if one of your arms gets frozen with a two-handed weapon and you have both hands on it because your other hand will it be able to kind of absorb the shock of the damage kind of thing so that's something i'll have to look into yeah that's a good question well, uh, that says you can keep it in the other hand, but you can't use it to attack. Yeah. And Mechadom just subscribed again for a second month in a row. So, uh, rip headphone users. Woo! 
Oh, yeah, that wasn't be as quiet. Loud. You be quiet. Subscribe for multiple months. I thought it was once in. You're good. No. Oh. Yeah. You can subscribe it's every one month. month and then unless you have like or like because Mr. Ann, you your Amazon Prime is for like multiple months. And so when she subscribes, it covers all the months of her Amazon Prime. Hmm. So there's Amazon Prime subs. Prime? Well, there's no. Well, Amazon owns. Yes. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe basically with get Twitch. Twitch oh, Prime. You can get Twitch Prime through Amazon. Prime. Yeah. Ah. So there's Twitch subs and then there's Amazon Prime Twitch Prime subs. <sighs> yeah. It's right. So I was on Amazon account yeah. again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but thank you for that, uh, Zisto. I appreciate that. It's so Mechanom, but I know him Zisto, so that's what I'm gonna call him. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a great last name. I just have to say that much. Yeah. Zisto, the player himself. Oh. Um, but. Uh, the nice thing with Fireburst, which a lot of people don't use because it's only burning five and it's a waste of a whole ability, is. There's a lot of customization you could do with Fireburst through other things. There's a lot of uh, artificing stuff that, you know, increases the damage from Fireburst 10 to Fireburst 10, 25 to 10. Or I think there's an elusive that adds, makes it 15 or 20. But then there's also alternatives to do. I summon Earth to Earth Burst, uh, Air Burst, stuff like that. So you could actually change up the element too. So it is much more flexible than the others to kind of customize, whereas... Uh, you can't really customize or pell you. I think there may be an artificing that lets you double pack it at once or so. But the only other one that has that kind of customization is um, uh, elemental spell casting. But even then, it is more or less increasing the damage of that, yeah, uh, or reducing the count or making that type of stuff. Making it uninterruptible. So honestly, Fireburst has, I think, the most customization of the Arcanist spells. That's pretty cool. So let's see. I summon Earth to burn you? Question mark. Is so that what when you I said? say maybe, <laughs> <laughs> like I summon Earth to uh, Earth burst, stone you five. Earth burst. Oh, okay. That's kind of could, what it means. So you can do you air can do, burst. Oh, okay. Uh, ice burst or water burst. I actually don't know which one it is. Um, so you could change the element up to actually make it any of them uh, through an artificing item. I don't know how cheap or expensive it is, but it is an option. So uh, just real quick, everyone that is subscribed, normally there are subscriber-specific emotes that only subscribers can use. I have finally decided what one of my emotes is going to be. It's going to be my shield. Yeah, nice. So apparently it's really easy. I just have to take a picture, and we can just turn it into an email, like super easy. So, But I have more than 15 points now, so I can have another emote. So I need ideas. So give me some ideas, people. Maybe it'll just be... the shield out? What? What? Emotes. Oh, emotes. Emote. I heard email. So people can just... So it's like, why would you want to email your shield? <laughs> no. <laughs> so people can just type in chat my no, shield. Just have some fun sense. with it. So, you know, I don't know. That's just what I came up with. So that's what we're... Anyway, just so you all know, just to... That's awesome. Well, didn't you say you are changing out your shield, though? Yes, but for now, that's going to be down the road. It's still a nice shield. Yeah, it's still a nice shield. So, made by this wonderful person right here. Dude, it actually looks really good on camera right now. Like, where you're sitting, the lines go, like, right they're like, look at, look at Kovac. Look at him. Like, literally, it's great. <laughs> so... Yeah, from my angle, he has the crown over his head, which is great because yeah, your head is like right in front of the the falcon. 
Yeah, it works. It looks really good. Like I'm, I, I was worried that he was just gonna cover it all up. I didn't know how this is the first time we've had Not someone. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I just meant because of how I had a position, but I have it high enough that it works out great. But yeah, yeah. Speaking of Spring Warrior, where are we at on my theme song? <laughs> theme song. She gave him the stink eye. Yeah. That's a don't talk about this. So yeah, he says I should have a theme song. The what is it like some kind of eighties rock? He said it should be because I'm the Spring Warrior now because I've been bonded to spring. I'm going to have to do some looking for your starter music for that one. Yeah, it needs to be 80s rock, he says. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> so anyway. K-pop. K-pop. You got to have a dance with it. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, no. Let's not. <laughs> Put a kibosh on this. So that's the base level abilities for Arcanist. Then we get into the force abilities... Um, which have we talked about how force works in mythic realms? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just like the others, you get one level of force if you want to pay for it, equivalent to 100, your skill points divided by 100. So you get one every 100 skill points. Uh, And the cost does go up every time, so you'll be putting more and more of that amount towards it. And you can only use half rounded up per battle, per short rest. So for Arcanist, you get three different abilities that you can use. Um, The first is Force Holocaust, which is a giant, more or less, fireball uh, that you throw at a single guy. So I guess it'd be more like a... Not like the D&D fireball, because that is an area effect. Um, It is a single packet Force Burning 100. And just like Force abilities, you will need a sidestep for it if you want to dodge it. Which sidestep does follow the same type of force rules to where you need, you can only use half rounded up per battle, but it is not restricted by your skill point level. So you can have three sidesteps at 100 skill points. That's fine. You can use two per two within one battle, Mm -hmm. and then you have one extra one. Um, They do not come back during a short or long, sorry, during a short rest. Um, So you only have the amount per the logistics. Mm -hmm. of the skill level and that's simply I summon fire to holocaust force burn E100 then the other option is earthquake and this is a mass packet just like fire burst Mm -hmm. so it's I summon earth to earthquake 40 force earthquake force stony 40 and it is a mass packet of up to 10 of force stony 40 so much better than fire burst Um, and then there is the time and space ability force anticipate blow and this gives you the uh, gives you a bonus use of a sidestep just like grant parry grant dodge uh force anticipate blow is a uh, grant sidestep nice but it does use that force ability um you're basically giving a force ability to somebody else or yourself i guess more or less you're trading damage for defense Hi, new person. Uh, so, Nevisay says, oh, Iron Maiden presents Spring Warrior. And then uh, Kovac says, there's a ritual fireball, but that's Kovac. later. Zisto. And, I mean, yeah, Zisto. Sorry, Kovac is right here. Zisto. And then Crow. That's Crow. Who says, oh, hey, guys. It is. It is. And then uh, Nevisay says, hi. And Zisto says, hi. And I said, hi, apparently. Hi. 
Hi. Hi. You did not. Hi. She did. Yeah. <laughs> she did for you. <laughs> she did for me, yes. Uh, but hello, welcome to the welcome to the stream, Crow. Nice to have you. Thanks for the bits. And thanks for Is the bids right off. Yes, they are. They're called bits. Okay. Woo! Thanks for the bits. Woohoo! Oh. Well, we, we dance for bits and we dance for <laughs> subs. And we, we just get generally excited for. But I'm staying in my chair, though. <laughs> yeah. So that is the Arcanist combat abilities, and that was kind of a long talk about that. So Mystic will be a little bit faster since we kind of have the bases down for spells and how spell casting kind of works. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the Arcanist utility skills. And utility skills, unlike combat skills, is you get logistical uses, you don't get any battle uses. Uh, some of them are kind of role play or other things like that, but there really, I don't think, are any. They're either at will because they're not really something to be used in combat or they're logistical. So the first is a specialty of Arcanist, and this means if you're not an Arcanist and you get this one, you'll have to be paying extra for it. And this is phase uh, transcend physical. So again, like the others, you get to choose whenever you cast it. Phase, basically I summon time and space to phase. This basically locks you in place. You cross your arms to signify you're phased. And you do not take damage to anything, period, outside of natural effects. Like you phase and an avalanche comes and takes you away. You die still. You can't phase through the avalanche or through falling or stuff like that. But any swung damage, any you know force or even any rituals outside of specific ones that target this type of thing is no effect. So it is a very much get out of jail I phase in place if something's going to blow up and you take no damage. The things that get you out of it is negate ethereal, negate magic, and then rituals that do that similar negating type of effect. Um, and then for that, obviously, you can use a defense, but then you also break phase at the same time. So if someone hits me with a negate ethereal while in phase, I could say dodge, but I'm no longer phased, but I didn't get hit with the negate ethereal, so I could phase again. Mm. Granted, um, We'll talk about negate ethereal and negate magic a little bit later. Um, Snickering girl says bravo on your chainmail, sir. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. I didn't make all of it though. Yes, and everyone likes to pet it. I was over I here do. earlier too. <laughs> I was over here petting it earlier too. It just feels so awesome, but uh, it looks awesome too. It does. This is the first time I've worn it since like episode one or two because of my broken wrist. So, plus it's yeah. way more comfortable to not wear it, but. It doesn't yeah. look as cool. I'm uh, regretting this decision a little bit. <laughs> well, now I'm discovering another reason to shave my beard, as we discussed earlier. It's actually rubbing on... On the gambeson? On, yeah, and it's starting to, like... So that's another reason to shave. On my gorget. What if you undo this top thing? That might help a little bit, but... Let's see. Don't pet yourself on the stream. They there may be children <laughs> watching. Oh man, it's fine. It's, it's just like a puppy. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> so one thing concerning phase and transcend the physical that I kind of that we kind of frown upon is mimicking it without using the ability because both phase and transcend the physical does kind of require you to do a physical thing of crossing your chest mm -hmm. like mummies whenever they get entombed 
um, to signify you're using this ability. Some some people, and I don't like this, they act like they're phased when they're not phased. So monsters kind of ignore them because they're like, oh, they're phased or, you know, other things yeah. do that um, because that's kind of the representation of the physical effect of you kind of shunting out of uh, this plane yeah. halfway. So, so my recommendation is if your LARP groups or any that you come to have any Physical movement. representation. Yeah, there we go. Of an ability. Don't mimic it unless you get their direct approval. Like, hey, if you have to do this dance, use this one ability. Can I do the dance without using the ability just to kind of throw someone off? They could say yes or no because you may not know that dance unless you actually have the ability or <laughs> phase and kind of thing there. Um, just because it is partially imagination, we sometimes need physical representations to represent certain things like phasing. So... Uh, when you're phased, you can't walk. You're rooted in place. Transcend the physical is the lesser version of phase, but you can actually move around. So transcend the physical allows you to um, don't take any damage from normal or any of the elemental or silver. But So you'd say no effect to those and you'd have your arms crossed, but you could walk around. So if you're fighting wolves or some beasts, you could just walk right by them and it doesn't matter because they can't hurt you. Granted, force abilities, dire abilities, ritual things, um, or the damage type magic, cleanse, drain, pass, or siphon goes through it, and they break your transcend the physical. So if someone does hit you with magic or pass, uh, either spell or swung, it will go through. It will go through it, and you'll break, and you'll take the damage as normal. So it is good in case you're fighting mucks to transcend the physical because then you can still move around um along with phase and transcend the physical you can't impede someone if they want to push past you they can push past you granted you could still be kind of a mini wall to where if someone's trying to swing past you to hit someone behind you you can kind of try to lean into it a little bit but if they push past you to hit someone behind you you need to let them push past you so it's kind of a you can't block a doorway uh yeah. from someone going through the door, but you can block mm. a doorway if someone's trying to swing through a door kind of thing. And so the utility spells also have a unique circumstance to when you hit level 5, 10, 15, instead of the use of X or Y, you get a use of something else. Um, just like the fighter and rogue util- utilities. In this case, phase transcend you get something called create planar transcendence and this actually takes you out of the game for five minutes so you actually warp into a mini bubble outside of the plane of existence you're in you can take up to one other person so you could throw a spell pack and hit someone else if they don't dodge uh dodge it they will then go out of game with you for five minutes so you just go out of game and you kind of get off of the combat if possible so you don't interrupt it or you could stand there out of game if you want to if there's not combat happening and again, that is one use. So at level five, you get one use of transcend. The f- Sorry, you get one use of create plan transcendence, and then four uses of phase or transcend the physical. Yep. I need to up my levels in that. You do. Granted, this oh. is a caveat uh, with phase being an arcanist kind of focused one where you have to pay extra if you're not. You can only get up to level three uh, if you're not part of the talent of arcanist, just like strength with fighter. Uh, it is capped at level three if you're not that talent, and that's just because it is a specialty of that talent. 
So you're paying extra skill points, and also you're capped at a certain limit. So if you're not an Arcanist, you can never get Transcend the Physical. Or you can never get Strength level 4 or 5. You're stuck at 3 as the max. Oh, I might already be maxed out then. Maybe. So We, we need to hit the table less. <laughs> Am I hitting the table? Yeah. <laughs> no, not the you just you, when you talk, we're like we all we all three of us use our hands a lot, but we're yeah. we're making noises and will, it's it's getting picked up, but I will lean back. No, you don't have to lean back. I'm just saying that we So that is uh phase. The next one is invisibility and negate ethereal, uh with the fifth level being negate magic. So so this is one where you choose at casting either invisibility five, uh or negate ethereal at level one through four. So invisibility five, for five minutes, you're invisible. Granted, people don't really see your passing unless you're making obvious things like you're grabbing a branch and shaking it. People will see that. Granted, if you're just going through a high grass that goes up to your kneecap, they won't see the grass splitting. But there are times where the marshal on the event will say, hey, you're making too much of a racket your invisibility breaks or people see it just because you're trying to go through a giant bush and just by plowing through it without trying to, you know, physically do that. So it's, it's one of those that it's a little subjective of what you can get away with, but at the same time, it is basically, is it immensely immersion breaking or not? Is kind of my rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, People can interact with you when you're invisible. You could technically interact with them, so you could tap them on the shoulder. You can't do any offensive things or spells or strikes or anything that will break your invisibility. Um, so if you're trying to push past monsters while invisible and they're swinging at someone and hit you, you take the damage and it breaks their invisibility because you just took damage. Hmm. Um, and if you have to push past people, they will feel that, even if, you know... They're blocking the doorway and you have to slide past them. If they feel it, they feel it. It is kind of one of those, you need to kind of suspension of disbelief um, with them having a yellow headband on, saying, oh, they're not really there. But at the same time, if they're interacting with you or anything like that, they're like, someone's invisible. You don't know who, but someone's there. Yeah. That's actually some of, some create some fun role play. When you actually ignore... The yellow people, uh, the the yellow headbands. It actually makes them for some fun role play. Like I had one time where Rin, she's like, "I'm gonna go invisible. And I'm gonna go scout ahead." So she takes off, and we're all standing around talking, and I'm totally ignoring her coming up to me, and I've got my book out, and she grabs my hand and she starts smacking my book with my hand, and then she starts trying to pantomime, like with my hand, the information she's trying to get across. And eventually, I'm like, "This isn't working." I just put on my my true vision and just was like, all right, we're going to do it this way. But it was a lot of fun because I ignored her. I didn't look at her. I didn't do anything. And also my hand, she grabs my hand and just starts waving it around. I'm like, okay, I think Rin's back, everybody. You know, like it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And you also can't speak. Even if someone has the ability to see invisible, they can't hear you. Um, No voice whatsoever. And I do need to change what I said a little bit. If you get attacked, if it doesn't render you unconscious or to bleeding, your invisibility still stays up. Oh, okay. So the only way to break it is invisibility, uh, knock them down to unconscious or bleeding, or you hit them with a spell that breaks invisibility. Okay. And that kind of leads into the alternate use, negate ethereal. Negate ethereal um, 
is the counter basically to invisibility along with a few other things you hit someone with negate ethereal if you could see them or know where they are with invisibility it ruins their invisibility and they're actually locked out of it for five minutes so they can't go back to invisible um granted if they say dodge or some way to avoid that through a defensive ability it still breaks invisibility because they just used a skill but they could quickly go back invisible um, negate ethereal also works on phase transcend the physical and also ethereal creatures so ethereal is like the extreme version of invisibility to where you can speak they could hear you you could hit them you could use spells it doesn't break it it's like greater invisibility in uh, D fifth edition uh granted they can't hit you back even if you're in front of them wailing on them and they hit you but because they don't have true vision they can't actually hit you it'll kind of go through them so it's one of those it's a one-way fight until you get true vision period yeah um again negate ethereal will break that um also if you hit someone that is using the siphon or pass ability it will lock them out of that ability so if you're fighting an abyssal creature mm. that is swinging for like 10 siphon and you know healing themselves up for 10 damage every time they hit someone you can't kill them because of that hit them with negate ethereal they can no longer use siphon or pass that's good to know yep i mean not that i have any I do have one character that has ethereal. I, I thought you were going to say has siphon. <laughs> um, the the level five version of this ability is either invisibility thirty, so it's thirty minutes of invisibility, or negate magic, which is a full on. And negate magic is kind of one of those. There's a lot happening when you get hit with that ability. So just like negate ethereal, it will take you out of all those things, but negate magic locks you out of all spell casting. Will lock you out of all of your artificing and magic items. It will remove any level one spell effects and infusions. So if you have like a Boon of the Apprentice and hit, get hit with Negate Magic, when the Negate Magic ends, you still lost your infusion. Ooh, if, you, down. if you have uh, Anticipate Blow, that is technically a level one magic effect on you because it only lasts the logistics. If you hit with Negate Magic, you lose it. Down. If it is from an item, like an item gives you a bonus use of sidestep for that five minutes, you can't get access to that item. So you don't have that sidestep for the five minutes, but when it comes back, you get access to your item so you can get that item again and use that ability. It's when you have spells cast on you. Right. Um, it also removes arcane armor, so you lose your armor ceiling and all your extra HP. So there is a little bit of work there that you kind of have to think about when you hit with negate magic. Like, what is my base hit points? Or what is my hit points minus that special armor? What is... What is... Um, X, Y, and Z. Like, what is my base swinging minus that plus two weapon that I have? So that is... Zisto says, unless healed. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we go into Mystic, is there's an ability that's Grant World Bean, and anything that mimics a Grant World Bean will heal you from status effects like negate magic, negate ethereal, poisons, stuff like that. So as soon as you get healed, you still lose those level one infusion effects because they are instantly gone as soon as you get hit with that mm -hmm. ability. But you get those other things back sooner when, as soon as you get healed. Granted, you can't use it yourself if it is a spell because you're negating magic. Yeah. But if someone else or if you have a consumable that is a Grant Will Bean potion or something like that, you can drink that and then you're good. Yep. So that is uh, that ability. Yeah. 
Let's see. Look at me. My message in chat is being highlighted. Woo. All <laughs> <laughs> that new channel points. See, I haven't even set that up and it's just automatically running, which is kind of cool. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. So the next ability is Arcane Armor. This is a three skill level ability. It's pretty simple. If you don't wear armor and you have arcane armor or an ability that gives you arcane armor, you get a little bit of bonus of HP and an armor ceiling. Armor ceiling is basically, if it's not force or dire, it caps you at that. So if I have an armor ceiling of eight, sometimes called damage ceiling, it depends on the person, um, of eight, and I get hit with 20 flame. If it's just 20 flame, I take eight flame because that is the cap of what I can take in one hit. Granted, if it's Force 20 Flame, I take the full thing because it doesn't stop against Force or Dire effects. Yeah. Right. There are things that go around Armor Ceiling, which is like Drain, Pass, Cleanse, Siphon, any Necro or Mystic. If you're hurt by Mystic stuff, it would go through Armor Ceiling. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing to be aware of. I miss old, cool, old school Slide. Yeah, Slide was... <laughs> Are crazy though. Yeah, there are some monsters with uh, old slide, which is a flat armor ceiling, and nothing can go through it outside of special circumstances. I don't know exactly what he's talking about because I was haven't been here long enough for that old system of slide, unless it works very similar to that. I think it was fairly similar. Um, but that is arcane armor. It is not nearly as good as real armor because it is very much a we want you to look cool. And we want to give extra benefits to people wearing armor and willing to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. But there are <laughs> spellcasters and people that don't wear armor or can't afford it. We want to give them an alternative because it is expensive. Right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Storm Dragon 1121 says arcane armor comes in handy when you don't want to wear armor. That too. Mm -hmm. And it is a very cheap consumable too in case you ever have, you don't want to wear armor. You could quickly apply that and you're good. Granted, as soon as you get hit with negate magic, you lose that, um, and it doesn't come back. Whereas arcane armor, you only lose it for the five minutes. Let's see. Zisto says slide was you do not take anything under the number. Crow uh, oh. says armor instead of giving a damage ceiling gave a slide. Okay, so it was like if it get hit with two normal and I have a slide of three, I take no damage because I have so good of armor that it doesn't mm. hurt. Wow. Okay. I actually now remember that. That's pretty cool. That's cool, but also kind of having both would be a little confusing. Yeah, it would be complicated. I don't, I I don't think they had both. I think they had one. Was it? He says, so like heavy armor gave you a three slide, which meant you took three less damage from any source, which also meant oh. if you were hit by three or less, you would call no effect. Okay, so it's just minus three. I could. That's really cool, but also... Like some cases, we want to try to make it as simple as possible with as little math as possible. Yeah, I think that's so the main reason taking, they probably did it. Getting it's 10 math. normal minus, minus 3, so I took 7 normal, and then I have 15 HP, so I just down to 8 from that one hit. Doing all that math would be a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to do all but at once. that's really cool nonetheless. I mean, if they just had a simple, if you take 2 or less damage, you say no effect and just leave it at that. There might be special abilities like that. Who knows? So arcane armor, not nearly as good as real armor. I think it goes two, three, four. No, it goes three, four, five, depending on the level. So level one is three HP. Level two is four HP. Level uh, three is five HP. And then your armor ceiling is eight, seven, six. So it goes down to a minimum of six, equivalent to medium armor. But you only get plus five HP. Whereas with 
real armor, you could get up to plus 10 HP with an armor ceiling of 5 or 6 or 7, depending. So it is yeah. half of the max, and then there's special abilities that could complement wearing real armor. And if you yeah. want to scroll down, that would help. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not doing my job. So we're not going into any artificing stuff? Okay. Yeah, any crafting. Any so. crafting. Yeah. So lore mastery is more or less the last utility for Arcanist, and it's simply per level of lore mastery, you get an extra lore that you could put on your character sheet. So you're like, I've got master undead. I've got master politics. You could say, I got level one lore mastery, and I want to put that extra point into making an adept nature into a master nature. So it just gives you more use, more lores. Mm. Plain and simple. It is a role-playing kind of a background builder. If you want to have a know-it-all person, you can and buy lots of lore mastery. Like, I've got master of everything. So that is also a possibility. Yeah, we definitely have some of those characters. No real combat uses. I finally got to use a master lore, and it didn't really matter. (laughs) I was like, cool, I know all this stuff, but I tried to tell the rest of the party, and they're like, we don't care. I was like, was it martial traditions? Yes. There you go. No one cares about traditions. We care about what's currently happening. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I've got it. I'm a master even. So the last thing is rune crafting. That's just the crafting ability to do runes. Level one through level five. Or no. It casts at level five. It wasn't martial traditions. It was regimes and heraldry. Oh, heraldry and useless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) All right. So now we move into mystic. Yep. So mystic is we call it mystic but it's mystic and necromancy it's kind of two sides of the same coin um necro is typically a lot more powerful than mystic but it comes with caveats that is currently tinted by abyssal stuff so plot can very well pull you aside if you use a lot of necro and say hey you're starting to have a personality shift because you've used so much necro in the past week that it's corrupting you um, things get empowered with Necro, so if you use too much, you know, undead can start getting raised up, stuff like that. Uh, mystic spellcasting at will, very similar. Uh, I summon life or I summon death uh, to drain you at three or cleanse you three. Cleanse is an offensive only mystic ability that could only hurt undead or demons, or if someone or... has a weird effect on them. Um, you can't heal at will. Just because there is some, there needs to be some sort of danger. We kind of don't have it a heal at will, so you can't do I summon life to five, heal three. Um, so that's the at will mystic spell casting cleanse drain are the two alternatives. Then at level one, five, and ten, you get a strike burst, a heightened strike, or um, a static increase. So strike, strike. This is where you get the once per battle, and this is where it gets kind of into the healing part where I could choose I want one strike at level one. This now gives you the ability to do that once per battle uh, burst heal. So I can say I summon life to heal eight, heal eight, heal eight where normally I can't say I summon life one through I summon life five to heal three. Also because of how niche the mystic is with what can be affected with it, the increases are better than the arcanist ability because cleanse only affects undead or demons Drain technically affects everyone, but it is illegal in most countries and mm-hmm. frowned upon. So even though it is a base three, a strike gives you a plus five or a plus ten increase instead of a plus three or plus six. 
Uh, Heightened Strike is a still a plus four, plus eight to your burst on top of what the normal strike is. And then a static increase is a static increase of plus two, not of a plus one. And that only affects when that does affect all of your mystic spell casting and that. So it's both at will and your burst. So it goes from three to five at level at one increase of static increase instead of three to four like arcane. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yep. See, That's I got awesome. out of Mystic because I was confused. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? T- what? Typically, you go down one route. You're like, I want to be a healer, so I get all the bursts. So every level one, level five, level ten, I get bursts. So I get three bursts per battle of heal eights. That's all I need to know. So I summon life to heal eight, heal eight, heal eight. I summon life to heal eight, heal eight, heal eight. Yeah. Nothing else to it. Um, or you're like, I want to be a constant undead killer. So you get all the static increases. So you do two, four, six. So it's I summon life one, three, I summon life five to cleanse you nine all the time. But you don't have any bursts to heal. So you can't heal anyone. Right. Yeah. And so that's. Or the other. That's mystic spell casting. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash errorstar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Ascendance Gaming Center in Salt Lake City, Utah is a proud sponsor of the LARP Lounge. Ascendance Gaming offers top-of-the-line gaming PCs, VR stations, retro gaming consoles, and board games. Located at 583 Billings Road, Suite number five is South Salt Lake, Utah. Mention this ad and get a free hour of PC game time. Next is Vitality Cause Fear. So unlike uh, Arcanus to where you have, you know, two they could choose from that are just fine. This is going to give you a mystic version and a uh, necromatic. Yeah. So the first one is Grand Vitality five or Cause Fear. Grand Vitality five is very similar to Temp HP and D&D to where you get a health barrier in this case of five, because it says it right there in the name. So if I have a base 13 HP and I get hit with Grand Vitality 5, I now have 18, but I can't get healed back up that temporary HP. So as, as soon as you can take damage, it takes it from that health barrier. It's like a temporary shield. Yep. Um, and you can't stack them either. You have to just take the greater of them. So if I get hit with a Grand Vitality 5, I get hit once for two, I down to three temp HP, and I get hit with another Grand Fatality five. I go back up to five, I don't get eight. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. Or if someone hits you with a seven and a five, you can take the seven, unless you're like, screw you, I'm going to take the five nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, if you want. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would, but... It does only last for five minutes, so yeah. it should yeah. be close to battles. There are some effects out there that will say, you get a health barrier of five, that lasts the logistics until you lose it kind of thing. Yeah. So the alternative is cause fear. I summon death to cause fear. And this is very much a, I run away for 10 seconds, not like repel where you take 10 steps back. You run for 10 seconds. 10 seconds is a long time a in light, battle. <laughs> a light jog uh, if you're weighed down or, you know, depending yeah. on the danger, you try to get away from the source. Um, and then for five minutes after the spell hits you, you are role playing that you are scared or afraid of the caster, however your character would do it. And um, and that is kind of a you have to 
decide this, and I would recommend whenever you create a new character, like, how would my character react to these things? Yeah. It is, in my personal opinion, a little rude to, well, a little scummy to say, like, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm still going to fight them as normal. That just kind of gets rid of the roleplay effect. Granted, my character Kovach, uh, since his goal is to uphold the Knight Walker Code, one of them is I will not uh, cower before my enemy if I get hit with cause fear. I'm almost going to take that as a rage. I'm going to run away for 10 seconds. I'm going to charge in there and just totally not defend myself and try to 1v1 them and die every time. Every time. <laughs> See, Zeso says or stand in fear if that's how your character would act. Yeah. Like, I know people that run away for 10 seconds and they actually hide at that point and stay yeah. there till the thing's for five dead. Minutes, yep. um, you still have to run away for at least 10 seconds and what you do after that is up to you. Uh, I think there's a few things that can alter alter that to where you're paralyzed for 10 seconds instead of running which is nice except you're paralyzed now so that kind of depends there's ways to tweak when you get hit with cause fear yeah uh, it's very useful to separate out someone from the group is with cause fear yep the next is restrain you and immobilize you so the mystic version is restrain you and that is simply putting your wrists down to your side either at your hips or fully fully down. It is kind of up to you to which one uh, we're kind of lenient on if it's hips, but it is nonetheless, the hips have to be locked to your side. Or arms. sorry, your arms have to be locked to your side. Yeah. Thank you. You can still technically defend yourself and attack people, but you're sitting there mm. whipping your body back and forth trying to hit them with your weapon. Um, with your wrists locked to your side, you can't get a lot of you don't get turning action, so they're kind of almost frozen in place. Yeah, and it's hard to get that 45 degree hit so that you you're to, supposed to have. So you for have to turn your hit. whole body. So you have to yeah. turn your whole body yeah. to hit him. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yep. <laughs> Levitt says, still think berserkers need immunity to fear, just saying salty. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say. So so that is restrain. Um very good. Because now you know where the weapons are and it can easily defend it and people can gang up on a creature. Yep. The alternative, the necro version, which is really nice, is the immobilize <laughs> you. It is basically you paralyze them for 10 seconds. Uh, they are considered helpless, so a killing blow or death blow will hurt them. If you hit their weapons, they'll be taking the damage just like freeze your limb. Um, basically, they're stuck there for 10 seconds. And it is a full 10 seconds. Um what I like to roleplay because your body seizes up on you. Oh no, I'm dying out. I got killing blowed. I'm still standing there stuck in place for another five seconds. And people get confused and they keep on wailing. And you're like, I'm dead, but I'm frozen in place. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the 10 seconds, you drop. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's how it should be. Yeah. You're paralyzed. You're not consciousness or not. You're not moving. Yeah. You do realize what's happening. I mean, your, your eyes can still dart around. You can't speak or anything like that. Um, it's not like, it blinks for 10 seconds. That is way late. Um, yeah. So it is very nice. Most creatures are not immune to this. Um, a lot of the bigger creatures will reduce it of some way or another. Again, it is necro necrotic in nature. Uh, it kind of shows because of how powerful it is concern versus restrain you. Restrain you, you could still beat someone, but they could still defend themselves. They could still run away. Mm -hmm. It only locks their hands. It doesn't lock their feet in any way. Immobilize, they're stuck in place, period. Yep. The next is charm you and cause betrayal. 
Charm You is very similar to Cause Fear. Charm You is you get hit with it for 10 seconds, you are dazed. So instead of the 10 seconds of running away, you're dazed, which means you can't do any offensive abilities. You could do any uh, defensive ab abilities. You could heal yourself. You could defend yourself. Um, you block weapons. And then for five minutes, you, you consider the person who hit you with that spell friendly. Um, kind of like an ally. The one thing to note with Charm You is you do not re remember getting hit with Charm You. As soon as you get hit with Charm You, that is blank from your memory from then on. You don't remember them ever casting on you. After the five minutes, you don't instantly know, oh, I got charmed. You'll be like, that was really weird. Mm -hmm. Something was definitely off about that. And they're like, maybe that was charm. Yeah. Um, and so you do have to kind of consider how your character would react to a friend that is attacking your other friends. Will you get in the way and try to stop them? Will you knock them down to unconscious to try to, or will you try to talk them out of it? Um, right. So it doesn't, it doesn't make you enemies of your friends. No. It just makes your enemy also your friend. And so yep. now you're trying to figure out how to keep your friends from attacking your friend or, you know, and some of however the, you want to role play that. Some of the more um, scheming characters might be like, I can't do anything because it's all of Northwatch versus them. They're going to die one way or another. But when they go down, I'm going to revive them back up secretly and tell them to run to get away at that point or hit them with a granule bean, something along those lines to make sure they're safe because they're your friend. You don't want them going through the circle. They, you don't want them dying. Yep. Or, oh, that, you know, fairy did this to me. Yes, fairies suck. But nonetheless, they're nice to you. They deserve to live. Um, <laughs> and then others actually get in the way. Um, most people role play. I'm still iffy on how I personally feel. As soon as you get hit by that friend, they're now an enemy. No, you're still considered their friend. Um, like, for that. You you're like, why are you hitting me? You might attack them back if you're that type of person, like a mercenary or banner. Um, <laughs> banner attacks his friends But yeah. <laughs> so it depends Nevitz on how you would says, defend yourself against uh, someone else who's attacking you. Nevitt says, I didn't know about the memory loss part yeah. of charm. The more you know. I don't know that either, so. <laughs> yep, that is kind of the caveat. Charm doesn't get used a whole lot. Granted, my character uses it a lot. Yeah, I was going to say. So it is Fine. very useful um, to get information to. It's just it is still niche enough that people don't realize the memory part of charm. And they sometimes forget the days that you have to remind them of. Most creatures, when you hit them with charm, they will not hurt you until you hurt them and then they'll just defend themselves like a creature would. So it kind of depends on who's playing the NPC in that part. Yep. Um, cause betrayal. For 10 seconds, you attack the closest thing to you and you will want to cause damage to them. Whether or not you use your battle abilities is kind of how you as a player want to do it. I know some people that use their bursts whenever they get hit because you're attacking the closest person next to you. Um, some people will just do static damage only some people don't have weapons and they're like i'm gonna try to encamp for five you know the five count to hit you and that's not gonna work great um but it is the closest one sometimes you have to quickly do glance around to see who's closest to you instead of just because the enemy's in front of you doesn't mean you instantly go to them every time just because you're looking at them you have to do a quick take uh, that's yeah. the only thing you have to be careful you won't with. turn around and run back to attack your friends 
even though betrayal technically sounds like you're going to attack your allies, that's not yeah. the case. It's you're attacking whoever's closest. Yeah. So if someone's standing in front of you and you throw cause betrayal at them, they're going to attack you yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. It's still good to do a quick check to see if someone's next to you shoulder to shoulder kind right. of thing. But more or less, if you're attacking them in melee range and you hit them with cause betrayal, expect them to continue attacking you, period. <laughs> I actually had one time where I had kind of charged the head of the rest of the party and an enemy hit me with cause betrayal and I turned around and everyone was like 10 feet from me. So I turned back around. I'm like, you're closest. And everyone behind me just started busting up laughing because they're like, that guy just wasted that ability. And I just started wailing on him and they were like, it is also good in this sense to make sure someone doesn't run away too. If you want to single someone out to one v one you hit them with cause betrayal, they'll one v one you, they won't run away. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of see it more of a, I'm going to forego all of my defenses and try to hit you as much as I can. So I lower my guard a bit and just try to weld them on them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nevitz says he actually killed five of his comrades because of this. And so he had to get something to stop that or yeah. to change it to something else, um, which I think is fainting betrayal in that case. That's exactly what he has. So... So it can be used um, in good ways. Um, I like to use my battle abilities, and sometimes I will use my logistical abilities. It does say you do not have to expend your daily resources like force or utility, stuff like granite beans and stuff like that. But you can if you really want to. Uh, I feel like it spices it up a little bit. I'm going to hit you with the death blow because I have a death blow as soon as you go down. It's kind of rude, but also... it changes things and you yeah. know i will use necromancy when i'm betrayed because that's a lot more effective the one caveat here that people don't realize is you do want to damage them if you can swing for cleanse you're going to switch to normal because cleanse is not going to do anything to you yeah that's life. something that i i know that i've been guilty of yeah i was like oh, who was i playing uh, it must have been aziza because i'm like she doesn't really have any abilities but she had cleanse and i was I had been betrayed and I was swinging for cleanse and they were like, you're not doing anything. I think you probably were the one that was like, you know, you'd switch to normal, right? Yep. And I was like, oh. Betrayal, you will try right. to damage your enemy as best as you can, which even does means dropping it down to normal or doing a different damage type if you can. Um, kind of play it by ear in that case. If, I mean, if someone's face and you do betrayal, you're still going to attack them. It's not going to do anything no matter what you do. You're still going to do it because they're the closest thing. So phase is a nice thing in that case because they can't do anything outside of waste their betrayal on you. Um, So that is the caveat with betrayal that people have to be aware of. You will try your best to damage them. Mm -hmm. Just because you can swing for drain next to Lita doesn't mean you should. (laughs) (laughs) The next is defend you and weaken you. Defend you is the spell version of the defend from the fighter, which is I summon life to defend you. And that is a spell packet and it acts as a defend. If someone got hit with like three different things, they decide what to take the defend on. It can be used on killing blows as I mean, they could be down bleeding out and you could still defend them that way. Um, beware of the three second uh, within the last three seconds. Yeah. If you get hit with a defender defend you, and it's technically been five seconds you got hit with the killing blow because they were slow with saying the incant or getting to you. Don't take it. Yeah. Um, same with most, most defenses. It has to be within the last three seconds. If you want to be a 
a-hole about it. If someone hits you with a four slay, you can continue on for the next three seconds, and then at the three-second count, then say sidestep, and then can you continue doing your thing? So you have up to three seconds. I would recommend using the fence as soon as you can against the ability and not try to stretch out the three seconds, because that's right. kind of cheesing a little bit. Yep. I agree with that. Levin says, Lord, you got hit with a dire cosmic trail once. I decided to play off Play off of the dire effect and rage before attacking my comrades. I didn't have to, but I thought it'd be fitting. Good. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Thanks, Budgie. <laughs> Do that more often. Like yeah, I mean, betrayal. anytime that you can role play with mm-hmm. the combat, I think it just enhances the experience for everybody. Do keep in account, obviously, the code of conduct and physical um being physical with someone with that. Right. Uh, some people know each other enough. They're like, yeah, I could actually bump them or grab them or something. But you also have to be aware of new players. They may not know that this is because of Role they play. know each other. Yeah. They can do grappling on each other. They could grab someone. They could restrain them physically. But um, so you have to be aware of that, too, is the perception of other people whenever someone gets betrayed and you try to grapple them so they can't attack people. Um, Lone Star that. says, I have arrived! <laughs> and Nevitz Gaming, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he took over the Bitboss. <laughs> I think that's what he's referring yeah, to. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and Nevitz just smiles at him. That's awesome. So the <laughs> necrotic version is Weaken You. This is really good that people don't realize. So Weaken You, there's two steps to it. It's all, both are for 10 seconds. The first is all of your damage types drop all of your damage numbers drop to one mm-hmm. yep. so if you decide to do twin strike it's force one normal force one normal because it drops it down to one no wait I take that back I will talk about why that won't work in a second so any normal damage type is one period spells or swung it is one fire burst is burn you one if you want to hit that people the second effect is you can't use force abilities period you can use sidestep, but you can't use force restore. You can't use twin strike. You can't use slay any of that. So it locks down that force ability. So yeah. people don't sometimes realize about that second part, which can give someone for 10 seconds. It's great against enemy bosses who have force abilities and you hit them with weaken because they now can't force obliterate you force slay, uh, prepare to die, stuff like that. Huh. That's pretty cool. He says, how you doing, buddy? But also, you stole my bit, boss. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, he's someone from... Uh, he's another Utah streamer that's a buddy. He's not anyone... He, he, he is interest, very interested in, way in joining Mythic. Yeah. Very interested. He's like, been he's, at yeah. every stream? Almost, Almost every, every single stream. stream he's been here. He's on vacation yeah. last week. Yeah, man. He listens. He watches everything that he misses, and he like listens to everything. So, like... He's very interested. He just, he's up in, I think, Logan. So he's kind of. I lived up there for like seven years. Yeah. It was boring. So <laughs> he, that's kind of his thing is that he, he's a little far, but he's very interested. Yeah. So, and he's the reason why I had you bring uh, all your stuff because he wants to see people's props. Okay. Let's see. We'll, we'll get into that when we're we'll done. Do a walk of it. By the way, you wanted to see her armor, and she's actually wearing the armor. So now you can see it, Lone Star. Yeah. Hi. This is my armor. 
It is very heavy. My shoulders hurt. <laughs> yeah, correct, Logan. He lives in Logan, so he's... I'm trying to convince him to come down. That's a drive. About two hours, give yeah. or take. So I don't blame him, but I'm still working on it. Maybe a full day event on Saturday or a weekender would be best. Yeah. That's what we've kind of discussed. Mm. But. So the last one is the force ability, and this kind of goes into the rules of Mythic Realms with what's happened recently. Uh, Mystic has been reduced, has been injured in a sense, to where force restores are not as strong or not as good as what they used to be. So with force abilities as a mystic spell cast talent, you get force restore, you get grant heroism, you get force obliterate you, and you get force enslave you. So four of them, whereas Arcanus gets three. The first one is force restore. If you're in your bleed or death count and you're not undead, you can come out of it. It basically brings you back up to full health <laughs> and cures all your status effects. The issue with what's happening in Mythic Realm realms right now in Cerulea is it has been weakened to the point where Force Restore is now a 10 count. It is not I Summon Life to Force Restore your spirit. It is I Summon Life 1, I Summon Life 2, all the way up to I Summon Life 10 to Force Restore your spirit. And so that's one thing to be aware of and that Encant can be interrupted. Yeah, and that sucks. <laughs> So the second one is Force Grant Heroism. So this is nice, um, and it's good to role play because basically you give someone a heroic feeling and you basically give them a grant roll being so you heal all, all of their HP up to max, you re- get rid of any net- negative status effects. You also give them plus two damage to all weapon and spells, and you also get a grant fatality five, so you get that five temp HP, that five health barrier, all from that one spell. And it lasts for five minutes. Uh, Lone Star just donated 102 bits, which makes him the bit boss again. (laughs) He did the the math and got exactly what he needed. That's funny. (laughs) No. So the nice thing with Grand Heroism is it stacks with other uh, increases. So if you rage, you can get a damage increase. Or you go into some sort of stance, you can get Grant Heroism too because it is just a status effect on you. Uh, it is for five minutes, and there's obviously things that could alter that. Um, so it's good to have that as you're going into combat, but a lot of people actually save it for Force Restore because it's better to bring someone up from dying mm. than to give them an extra boost. Yeah, we need those big time. Um, so that is the Mystic side. Very user-friendly. The alternative is necromancy, and as you expect, it is evil in the best of ways. <laughs> the best of ways. So the first is force obliterate you. Which is my friend. So if you're undead or demon or for some reason you get healed by necromancy, uh, force restore brings you up from your death count, uh, just like force restore would, but it is I summon death to force obliterate you. It is not a 10 count. It is instantaneous. Um but and now they're having a war right now with me. <laughs> they're trying to be bit boss. I love it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll just dance, dance while we talk. <laughs> just keep dancing. So if you're a living creature and you get hit with the force obliterate, you, it brings you instantly down to your death count. If you don't have some way to avoid it, so it is typically used as as an offensive ability when you're undead, or if you could cast it to kill the people, just like force slay. Uh, yeah. Force Restore can technically do what Force Obliterate does to Undead. So if I hit 
Lita here with the Force Restore Your Spirit. She goes down into her death count. It is useful as an offensive ability. Again, though, it is a 10 count. So yep. don't get hit when you're trying to do that. Yeah. The better bitter battle has begun. Oh, the better bitter. Because no, will... he has to donate more. Yeah. <laughs> so the last one is Force Enslave You. And this is kind of a... A lot is going on when you get Force Enslaved. Yeah, this one's got a lot of rules behind So, Force Enslave, for 30 minutes, you are enslaved to the caster until you get healed. The one thing to note is you will do everything in your power to stay Force Enslaved. So if someone hits you with a Grant Albine, you will try to avoid that like your life is on the line because it will get rid of Force Enslaved. So if you have any normal defenses like Dodge or Evade, you'll use it against them. Um, Yep. So if you have, you know, some way to give yourself uh, a panacea salve or some way to cure force restore, you will avoid that, too. So if you have a personal ability that you could activate that cures all status effects, you will not use it, period. Um, Even if your character would normally use it in a combat situation. Next, that person who hit you with the force and slave, you are there their lackey and it's lack of a better sense you will do everything in your power to ensure their safety unless they give you other commands right off the bat when you get hit with force and slave you are on their side you will ensure they are safe you will not take you will not wait for a command you will not sit there thinking like what would i do if they're getting attacked you will jump in there and stop people from attacking them one way or another either healing him up or killing them um putting yourself between them yeah yeah as soon as they're safer, if you feel like they do can do it, you could you know start picking off the healers to ensure his safety. You can uh, do other things, but first and foremost is his safety. Mm-hmm. Um, this will make you while enslaved. You will use all of your normal combat abilities, utility abilities, force abilities. Things you won't use is stuff that will require essence like rituals or artifice and stuff, right. unless you really want to, but you really shouldn't. Um, you will use magic items, you will use consumables, anything in your power to do what they need to do. If they give you a command, you will do what they tell you to do to the best of your ability to how you think they would want to do it. And that is the one caveat is to what you think they want to do. You will not try to tweak it. I still won't forgive you for breaking my raised dead selves. Good story. Um, You will not try to tweak it to be the benefit of Northwatch. You will try to do it to them. So so it's one of those situations to where... You are totally theirs. I tell you, the hardest part about Force Enslave You is when there's a bunch of enemies and they hit you and you just have to turn your back to those enemies because you're putting yourself between the enemy and the entire town of Northwatch. Like, it, everything that you have, like, every bone in your body is saying not to do that because they're your enemy, but now they're not your enemy. And even though all these other guys might hurt you, it doesn't matter. You're going to put yourself in between them and, and and sometimes the other monsters will leave you be because they know what's going on. Yeah, That's not always the case, though, yeah. But, yeah, which sometimes is you just scary. Killed by both sides. And so yep. this is one of those where you have to be with your character and like, what would my character do yep. when he's enslaved to be the best for the person who enslaved me? And for Valoran one time, he is not a straight-up fighter. He will 
ensure something happens. Sneaky. It wasn't a full enslave. It was a the person whose dream you're in right now is your best friend, and you know if they get to the end, they're going to mess up his mind. You'll do everything in your power to ensure that he is safe. So I was like, Northwatch would stop trying to get to the end of this if they no longer have supplies and they will die in the process because Northwatch is selfish isn't that way so i got hit with that people didn't realize that and as soon as lita went down i went through her stuff and broke all her raised dead cells mm-hmm. because she's undead and people won't use force obliterate wow she's screwed i broke three or four of them four, four. <laughs> till they're some- expensive too <laughs> till someone is like he's breaking the raised dead and then i ran away yeah because they were like Oh no, Valoron's got her. She'll be fine. And then because <laughs> you're pulling out my race dead stuff. So, yeah, yeah, Valoron's got her. And then break, 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 break. And they're like, no, 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 wait, wait. It was so bad. It was so and, bad. And wow. So, you know, I went to the monsters that was hitting those things, and they looked at me weird. I'm like, I'm here to help you. And then they hit me again, and I would take the effect to continue being his best friend over and over to kind of refresh it because that's to the benefit of them. Um, granted, it wasn't a full on. I hate the town and I will kill the town. So every time Lita went down, I'll be like, drain E5 and brought her back up. Yeah. <laughs> I got good on some of those throws. Like, I didn't want to completely obliterate the town because they're still my friends, but I didn't want them to get to the end too. And so it was right. kind of that give and take there. Mm. And it even got to the point where I used, I had an item that gave me one disappear. I was so proud of that. I used it in that fight to get away from Northwatch because they were cornering me to get rid of that. <laughs> This, that that was, was a really good role play with yeah. with with enslaves and whatnot. Mm. And so Valoron has plenty of ways to resist mind control at this point. Um, to hopefully stop that, but it's one of those. <laughs> he is the sword to ensure it happens. He's not a fighter. Yeah. Um, so there's some good role plays with that too, and I think there was one time where uh, what was it? Dagger's retirement where certain people got enslaved to hold the line to stop people from going through X point. And we got teleported in as enslaved and people were dropping and I went straight for the death blow every time and killing blow. Yeah. I did that like five times. I used uh, Banshee's whale force drainy 40 on a few people and then brought them down. It was, it was rough. (laughs) Rin had to uh, kill me at that point. She had to unload on me to stop me from doing that. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's fun. Uh, you just need to ham up enslave. It's really fun to get enslaved. It's not fun to purposely take enslaves, but it's fun to be enslaved, in my opinion, because yeah. it gives you a different way to express your character that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. It's like getting rid of all those inhibitions and yes. flipping the coin a little. Yeah. If it says Yorshka says hi, that's his bearded dragon. Oh, that's precious. Um, also with Enslave, by default, you will not remember that. So as soon as you get Grant Wallbean, you will not remember what happened in Enslave. So if you drag someone into a ditch and kill them, if you hit with Grant Wallbean... You don't remember. You won't remember that you buried them. You'll just be like, huh, what oh, happened? I don't remember the last X amount of time. That's true. Why I, am I over here? Yeah. Um, there are abilities to let you remember that. And if the person who hit you with Enslave says, you will remember this you will remember it, but it requires them to say that. So in case they say, you will remember this as you're killing your friend and watching them bleed out and die, then you will remember that. Oh, that's evil. Yep. It's great. Super evil. Um, That's why it's necromantic. (laughs) Wow. Um, Enslaved will basically work on everything but golems, more or less. Um, So 
I've had some confusion given to me with my warden resist mind control. Does that work on force level abilities? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it will resist mind control will work on anything that isn't dire. Okay. And a few, because I don't think it works on terror, does it? No. No. Because there's another, because there's the level one ability that gives me the immune to the role play effect. So I don't think that they would have two abilities that cover the same. They would. Wow. <laughs> um, and resist my control will stop that 10 seconds too. So get hit with cause betrayal. Any, any mental effect, charm, uh, terror, fear, force enslave, or if there's an abnormal enslave, you could resist. But you can't do dire. Uh, straight up, as soon as it says dire, you're screwed. Yeah, dire. The only way to do that is if you have a ritual to resist it. I hate dire yeah. so bad. Me too. Oh, I love That's it. That's the reason I died I last know. time. <laughs> I was like, they're like, dire. I'm like, forced to... F-. Nope, that doesn't work. I was like, crap. Yeah, that was fun. Um, dire. Yeah. Sorry. Slave's really fun to play, honestly. People don't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, the... Utility skills for Mystic are very similar to the combat skills in the sense of there's a Mystic and a Necro version. The first is Healer's Touch, and this is the Mystic specialty, so if you're outside of Mystic, you have to pay extra for it. Uh, this only does have three levels to it, so it's you'll get up to max level even if you're outside of Mystic. It is Healer's Touch or Necrotic Blade. This is a one of the only ways to do healing outside of, you know, burst mystic spellcasting mm-hmm. or a few other abilities. Uh, but the downside is it is 30 seconds. You have to have your foot, feet planted when you cast it, and you wait 30 seconds, or like, I summon life to healer's touch. And you count up to 30, there's ways to lower that. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, heal you X. At level 1, it is heal you 4. At level 2, it is heal you 8. And level 3, it is heal you 12. So it goes up by 4s. Um, you could do less if you want to, like with most damaging things, you could say, I want to kind of say F you, assimilate for healer's touch, heal you one, have fun. <laughs> it says, have you ever tried blocking a dire pure slave? I tried blocking a dire pure slave. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out so well, yeah. did it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, at level three of healer's touch, you get what is called font of life. And so you're like, I summon life to font of life. And this is a five minute thing that gives you I summon life one through I summon life five to heal you four. So it gives you almost at will healing, but only for five minutes. And you only get one of them um, and it's only heal you four and you cannot modify that damage. So it is always going to be heal four, even if you have static increases or if you have bonuses through other items that increases spell stuff, it is only always going to be heal four. Granted, you can do other things while you have a Font of Life up. So if I say I summon like a Font of Life, I can still attack, I can still do a burst, I can still do crowd control. But during that five minutes, I could go back to I summon Life 1, I summon Life 2, I summon Life 3, I summon Life 4, I summon Life 5 to heal you 4. Um, so it is a nice kind of backup to have a constant healing. Um, yeah. For those furious frays. Yep. Or uh, shield walls to keep them up. Yep. The necro version of that is Necrotic Blade. So it's I Summon Death to Necrotic Blade. And then you wait 30 seconds and you will need a weapon in hand. 
And then at the end of the 30 seconds, you say one of three things, depending on what level you're at. At level one, you get Wraith Blade. At level two, you get Disease Blade. And level three, you get Reaper's Blade. So there's no healing or draining. For Necrotic Blade, it is kind of a status effect you put on a weapon. And basically, you do that after 30 seconds, then you'll say Wraith Blade or Disease Blade or Reaper Blade. Um, you could use any of those as long as you have the skill level required for them. Wraith Blade is within the next five minutes, you get three swings of pass. You don't have to do the next three swings like Elemental Sheath or a Poison. It is within the next five minutes, you can do it at any time. Mm. So you could do Death Blow Pass. You can decide to do it with a burst for weapon proficiency, stuff like that. Level two gives you Disease Blade, which is cause disease, which gives them the disease effect, which is for 10 seconds, you could walk. Only walk, you can't run. And then until cured, you're diseased. And that is half of your max HP rounded up. Period. Which sucks. Yep. (laughs) So you'll have to take that into account whenever you do that. It is great against enemies. Granted, you're saying cause disease, not disease, poison, or anything like that. So they know it is necrotic in nature. So you can't say, oh, no, it was a poison. No, you said cause disease when you swung it. You didn't say disease poison. Right. Granted, if you're good with your words, you might convince (laughs) a lesser intelligent PC that, no, that was a disease poison. You just heard it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) These things are great against drakes because drakes are not immune to disease and they have nice HP and are resilient. So you get to quickly hit them with that. And then they're suddenly at half health. Or they could use their defenses against it and waste their defenses on that versus other things. Yeah. And then the last one um, is Reaper's Blade. And so this is the level three necrotic blade ability, which is within the next five minutes, you get three death blows. Um, so normally with killing blow, you do a five second count and say killing blow one, combo two, combo three, combo four, combo five, damage type, death blow, death blow damage type. And then you can move on. It is very fast. It is to stop other people from raising the back up from bleed count. Um, it is vicious whenever you're enslaved. Um, so use that to your heart's content. But again, it is necrotic. So be aware of that. Um, it is not obvious if someone has Reaper's Blade on them because there is the strength related mm-hmm. death blow too. And there's many items that do the same thing. Um, the only things that is obvious whenever you swing for pass or whenever you swing for cause disease, those are obviously yeah. necrotic. Having the weapon and someone just holding the weapon, they're not going to outright know you have that on their weapon. So just holding it like, oh, I don't know. If you do detect magic, oh, there's a level one ability. I don't know what it is. They'll have to do identify or yeah. identify ritual to know that effect. So so that is kind of the one thing with Necrotic Blade is it, it's easy to hide if they don't see you casting the spell until you actually use it in most cases. And then the level three ability is font of death this is similar to font of life but much better uh five minutes just like font of life but instead of saying i summon death one through i summon death five it is i summon death to drain four i summon death to drain four i summon death to drain you four i summon death to drain you four very no fast count yeah and you have to say drain you i didn't say drain you at the beginning i apologize uh so it's great for undead or uh enemies yeah. because you could keep that up constantly uh, to heal creatures, or if you want to constantly hit someone with Drain It. Yeah. Um, oh, are you done? With Font of Death, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Nevitch real quick says, 
I'm so glad things don't swing for Siphon as much as they used to. And then Lone Star says, my fish died. Sad face. Oh, that oh. is sad. What was your fish's name? Did it have a name? Or was it just fish? Fish number one. Fish, fish number, number one. Two. Fish A. <laughs> that That's was the name of something like Mr. Fish or something like that. Mr. Fishy. <laughs> That's always his joke. <laughs> That's funny. Mr. Bubbles. I think he ate the re- The denitrifier. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Yeah, moment of moment that. of silence for your fish. Okay. Nevitz. Nevitz rip rip one fish. <laughs> oh man. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, that sucks. True vision five and identify. Yep. Yeah. So this is the counter to basically invisibility. True vision uh, five. And level one through four and six through nine gives you one use of uh, either True Vision 5 or Identify. True Vision 5, put on a white headband. It does not have to glow at night. That's the one thing where most other headbands that signify certain things have to be lit at night. Um, it lets you see invisible, lets you see ethereal, and maybe some other plot stuff if plot decides to do that. Um, pretty straightforward. Uh, you can give it to yourself. You can give it to other people. The level 5 version is True Vision 30. Uh, it could get rid of with a negate magic. A negate ethereal wouldn't get rid of a True Vision. The flip side, and this is not one that's Mystic versus Necro. It is all just, it's called Wisdom of the Ages. It's kind of a more, uh, the world's knowledge flows into you to kind of help you with this. Uh, that's another thing that the Mystic talent is known for. Whereas Arcanus is known for time and space. Uh, with that is identify. Identify is I summon Wisdom of the Ages to identify. And if it's a level one or level two item or level zero, if it's artificing, you will instantly know what that does. Uh, it can be used for barriers. It can be used on people. It can be used on items. Do note if you hit a person with identify, it will identify what's on the person themselves. It will not identify the items on the person. Mm -hmm. So if they have spells on them, they have rituals on them. Um, it, you will know that, but you will actually have to hit the item to know what the item does. Yeah. Um, and then the level five version is identify ritual. And this is up to five different items of level one, two, or three, or zero. You can, if you're touching them for 30 seconds, do identify ritual and know what they do. So that is the one difference is it can hit level three items. And you can do up to five items at once as long as they're in your possession or you're touching them for five minutes. Or, sorry, 30 seconds. Great. Pretty simple. Uh, some things are still hidden from Identify or Identify Ritual if they're like an artifact or if there's some role play effect that is hidden uh, unless you meet its criteria, but it will say that on the orange item card that comes with the magic item. Yep. All righty. So the next is Grant Wellbeing and Grant Shadow Form. This is the Mystic Necro uh, type of thing. So Grant Wellbeing is you hit them with Grant Wellbeing if they're in their bleed count or any other th thing lesser than a bleed count. They'll come up to full HP, cure any status effects. Um, that's the gist of it. Yep. It is good to get rid of disease. It is costly to get rid of disease because there's cheaper ways to get rid of disease. But it is a good way if someone quickly goes down to their bleed count, hit them with the grant well being so they don't get death blowed. 
uh, to get them back up into fighting. We also have the the issue of if you go into your bleed count and you get healed with a burst heal or a first aid or something like that, you are dazed for 10 seconds. So you can't attack for 10 seconds, and that kind of goes into the same effect of how Force Restore is 10 seconds. Yep. Grant Will Bean makes it so you don't have to worry about that. It cures that dazing effect, so you go straight back into combat instead of sitting there for 10 seconds waiting for it to get back up. Yep. The level 5 version, when you hit level 5 instead of a Grant Will Bean, you get what is Lay on Hands for Lay on Hands Restore Your Spirit. This is very similar to Force Restore Your Spirit, but it doesn't take a Force Ability slot. The downside is I summon life to lay on hands. 30 seconds, restore yep. your spirit. So it is a very much a not in the instantaneous kind of way like Force Restore Your Spirit is. It also does pause their bleed or death count. Yep. Um, don't try to gimp it to where you're like... I some life to lay on hands, wait 25 seconds, let go. I some life to lay on hands to kind of pause their death count. That's kind of gimpy. That, that's yeah. kind of... That's fudging the rules a yeah. little. Yeah. Yeah. We have, a, we have an ability for that called stasis. Right. White knights. That's a white knight ability. So try not to do that. Obviously, if you're doing that and someone attacks you, you let go. You could start it again, but not purposely. Yeah. Right. This does not fall underneath the force rules, so you could use as many lay on hands restore your spirits that you have and one battle if you want. The necro version is Grant Shadow Form. This is a five minute form basically of necrotic energy draping you. There is a tabard you wear, a black tabard that says shade or shadow form, um, something along those effects in bold white on you. You have to put it on you and then for five minutes... You get healed by drain, hurt by cleanse, no effect on heal, uh, healed by obliterate. Basically, you're undead. You, you become me. But on top of that, you could regenerate on a 10 count as long as you're conscious. Mm-hmm. And regenerate is similar to a grant albeing, so as soon as you finish, you're back up to full HP, no status effects. It yeah. is great, but again, it is necrotic. You can give it to yourself, you can give it to other people, but you do need the up for grant shadow form so that is the downside is carrying around that tabard or sash to use yeah. uh the sash itself is out of game until you do grant grant shadow form on someone so if you're carrying it on your belt and someone sees it they can't call you out on it kind of like conceal yeah so that is also good if you decide to give it on someone who's dying or in their bleed count you give them shadow form because of the level 5 ability. Grant Necrotic Revival. Grant Necrotic Revival is similar to Lay on Hands, Restore Your Spirit. The, down, the great thing is, you give it to someone and it is on you until used for that logistics, and the player decides to use it, not the character. So you could be in your death count, you could be in your bleed count, and you could say, Necrotic Revival, and then you come up, it's like you got hit with a Force Obliterate you. As undead, which would bring you back Yes. Up. So if you're undead like her, someone could cast it on her and she could use it whenever she wants. That logistics, as long as she doesn't hit it with negate magic, because that would wipe it out. Um, but with shadow form, if you don't have the 30 seconds to restore your spirit and you don't care about necromancy, you could hit someone with shadow form and then give someone a grand necrotic revival and they could get up instantaneously. Um, or you could give yourself necrotic revival and then give yourself shadow form and during those five minutes or whenever you use shadow form, you could use necrotic revival on yourself. If you ever go down. 
Now, with all of these, you automatically get the necromancy abilities, right? You don't yes. have to select what when you make when you choose when you buy the skill. You automatically get them regardless. Yes, it is just like arcane. You choose at the time of casting. Uh, people can technically role play if they want. Like, oh, I can't cast necromancy. Technically, they can. Their character is making a choice not to. Yeah, right. it's very easy to flip that coin to the necromancy side. So if they're like, I physically cannot, that is a lie. Um, because as soon as I enslave you and tell you to cast necromancy, you will be casting necromancy. Yep. All right. Yeah, the last two were utility skills, so we're not going to go over those. Which is scroll making and medicine. medicine. We're going to go into those on another stream. So, because they are very, very in depth. And I don't know that we will do those in the basics or on season two. I don't know yet. So, because they're kind of an advanced thing. So, yeah. They're like the mini game. A mini game? I guess you could say that. Let's see. Crow couldn't physically cast Necro, but I had Force Restore. Yeah, so there's plot reasons why you may not be able to, but that's yeah. a straight up plot saying this is this and X, right. Y, and Z. Plot, plot always has the the ability to change the rules for you. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have the ability to tweak it. So the, the core mm-hmm. rule book, we call it the core rule book because all of these are the basis of which everything else can be modified from. So did plot give you the thumbs up for that? Nope. I didn't. What? I didn't want the obliterate option. There's some classes that actually say you get force additions to your force ability, choose X, Y, Z, and they typically have force restore and force obliterate separate, separated out. So that wouldn't work. Hmm. Um, Crow had a lot of unique things happening to him and yeah, he did. unique passes just because of his history and how long he's been playing. So, so there was some weird things happening. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's see. Jack of all trades. Yeah. I didn't pick obliterate. Yeah. So in that case, it was a class that says you could choose one of these seven abilities Force Restore, Force Obliterate, Force Enslave, Force Heroism, you know, Force Holocaust, whatever. He chose just Force Restore. So there was a, you know, there was a class reason. Whereas if you chose the Mystic based talent, <laughs> you have both. Um, <laughs> actually, I didn't have that many things going on. I just lied a lot. <laughs> wow. And that's what you can get away with inside is selling the lie and that's a role play thing yep talk yourself up it's fine cool yep that's right, it are you, for magic, are you yeah? still here lone star more or less did we talk about the base ones like detect magic and illuminate and no i don't think detect we did. affliction no we okay. can talk about those real quick if you want so whenever you pick a talent you get certain talent abilities like fighters you get the ability to use shields, heavy armor, medium armor. As a rogue, you get access to medium armor and plus one to daggers damage. Um, to mystics, you get the casting ability to cast detect magic and uh, affliction, detect f- affliction. For arcane, you get detect magic and illuminate year. So... With Detect Affliction is if I count Wisdom of the Ages and you touch something, either a person 
or uh, an item and you're like, detect affliction. Is there a poison in it? Yes or no. If it's a person, are they poisoned? What are they poisoned with? Um, so you know the type of poison in there, as long as it is a common poison, there can be some unique things. You're like, you have no idea what this poison is. It is not mm. something that you would normally run across. Um, also, if you hit a person with it, it is also a status ability. So I could hit you with detect affliction, bleeding, or death count, or uninjured, or unconscious. So you can, it is like the status ability. People don't really realize that, but it is a five count status. Oh, okay. Um, detect magic, you touch someone or an item. Detect magic, level zero, level one, level two, level three, artifact. Uh, also, residual is one, and that is simply how strong of an item that is. Artificing is level zero, so if you detect magic, there's no way to differentiate between a mundane and a artifact, uh, artificing ability. You'd have to spend time to actually do that on the separate. Uh, illuminate you is allows you to use a light. Basically, you could either touch yourself or touch someone else to illuminate. It's very similar to the light spell in D&D, except you have a small flashlight. You have to hold it down. You can't flash into people's eyes. can't be used to blind people in combat. can't be used in an offensive ability. Outside of plot's permission, with certain things happening on the module, maybe. Right. So if someone has illuminate to look for spell packets or for looking for things on the ground if they flash it upwards to get someone's eyes you could call them out on like hey please make sure you keep it on the ground uh typically keep it at your feet yeah and that's it you can also use it on like some people sometimes get these small gems that glow whenever you turn it on they could cast illuminate so it has a very dull glow that won't affect anyone's vision and it could be simply hey I'm illuminating this, so if I go down in the dark, you can tell where I am, and I'm like, am I in a bush? Whatever. Stuff like that. Right. And it is until turned off, So or negate magic. Mm. So once cast, you could just turn it off, or it is there until... Yep. So basically, someone turns it off. Yep, yep. Okay. So that's all of those? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we didn't go over those, so that's good. That's good to know. Uh, so Lone Star wants to see uh, various props that people use. So that's why I had you bring your stuff. You can show off your shield while he goes and gets his stuff if you want. Uh, and I figured it'd be good for some of the other viewers too. So yeah, that's so why this I, is his shield. Yes. If you didn't gather that already. This is my shield. Sorry, I just like whacked the microphone. <laughs> So everyone tells me my shield looks like a tombstone. It's true. I mean, I made it for me. Does it match my eyes? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but this is, yeah, this is just uh, EVA foam. So it's super flexible and bendy. And I just have a, uh, just a grip handle. Here I have uh, a slot to keep my consumables, which I have to go through. These are probably all expired. We're going too soon because I haven't used the shield in a, a little while. <laughs> but yeah, that way I have easy access to my consumables. Yeah. I used to have a strap here. I ripped it off. That strap was to hook it onto my belt so I didn't have to carry it all the time. One star says these props are amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. So here we go. We're going to go through a bunch of weapons. First, I'm going to be showing off 
Um, shield she made me. Yeah, the shield. The- so this is Valoran's shield. It is technically a healer shield, which is a magic item that lets anyone use the shield. Uh, so I made it kind of small and basic, so I'm like they wouldn't be able to wield a bulky shield as anyone can wield it. So I kind of put this limitation on it and got this nice little design on it. It's actually got a raised curve on it. Has curves in the right places. <laughs> and then it's simply an arm strap. Sexy. How you just put your arm through it. I'm not one for punch shield, so I said no to that. Yep. So she made this for me. Great. It was fun. <laughs> and then it says, speaking of weapon props, looks at Lena. <laughs> Sorry, I was like super sick this week. Oh, yeah. And been super stupid busy. But I'm getting back on track this week, so forgive me. <laughs> you want to show off your other shield? Yeah, no. At the end, it's carrying all my. It's got every. It's underneath uh, everything. Yeah. So this weapon is. Actually, I'll do this. <laughs> Come over here. Okay. To the camera. So. I'm sorry if I'm going to cover you. No, you're fine. So this weapon here, I've had for. Three and a half years, I think. It is Valoran's sword. I got it from Kalamasil. I've never done any maintenance on it. I don't know if you can see, but things are starting to get worn off from being in a frog and on clothing. But otherwise, it's a great sword that I will probably use forever until Valoran retires. Yeah, Kalamasil are super durable. Nevis but says, hard if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. very hard. Nevis says you are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one is another dagger. Most of my stuff is actually from Kalamazoo. Uh Dagger I got. Um, it's not shiny. It's so it black and red. Yeah, it's so pretty. Yeah, you can see it at certain angles. Small dagger. Gotta be careful with it a little bit. It is a little stiff. <sighs> then a fencing sword. Kind of. Rapier. Rapier. Um, very simple. It used to have a little guard on it, but I took it off just because I like the aesthetics without it. Uh, Zisto says they are hard when it's cold out. But to be fair, all of the weapons get hard when it gets cold. So <laughs> still is a little bit harder. Yeah, they, um, they for sure, but like... They have different types of foam used in Kalamazoo, so some of them are actually pretty good. The main thing you'll want to be careful of is striking area, like my main sword. It is flat for about an inch. It doesn't actually come to a point. So it it helps so you don't get stung as badly. Right, yeah. And then I've got this one, which is a cheap. I got it for like $40 from, I think, Medieval Collectibles. It requires a lot of maintenance, which I haven't done. So you have to like spray it down and wipe it down. So it's kind of falling apart. It is very light. Um, it's good for kind of like a one-off thing to use. Yeah. Nice. Lots of different kinds of swords. I don't think I've seen that one before, so I like that. Then I have my decorative axe. It is not LARP safe, really. It's gotten better. It's definitely not good at... Oh, yeah. Issues, it doesn't bend when you strike it. It actually stays pretty solid that way. And yeah. Sorry about the mic. <laughs> um, 
is very decorative, so I wear it as an NPC if there's an NPC that would have an axe as decoration, but I would not use it in combat. Yeah. Unless I work on it a lot more. It's pretty, though. My favorite. A brick. <laughs> a brick nice. to throw at people. I, I have this so brick. I could attach it to a belt if I ever decide to use this as a character. Pretty it's simple. And awesome. then I pick it up and I just throw it at someone. <laughs> I love Freaks it. people out because it actually looks like it a did. brick. It totally looks like a brick. It's, it's so like 15 awesome. or so dollars, I think. And and better than fake rocks because fake rocks look like real rocks and you throw them and they're gone forever. Exactly. <laughs> then I've got a dagger. Squishy, squishy. Simple dagger. Yeah, simple yeah, dagger. Nice simple. though. Well. <laughs> then I've got a long sword. Uh, two-handed weapon. It is a little whippy, so I have to be careful about that. I haven't used it too often. So the thing with whippy weapons mm -hmm. is that it'll it'll create a stronger force when it comes in for the hit, and so that's why we don't like we like them stiffer, so you have not to be so whippy. Careful, just yeah. a little less on it. Just don't swing so hard. And I bought these recently. Mainly to pass on to people to use if ever as a loner someone... weapon. What as a loner weapon? Yeah, it's a loner weapon for anyone. Got it pretty cheap, um, about fifty dollars I think from Kalamazoo. That's pretty good for Kalamazoo. Uh, it uses a different farm, so it's came pretty soft. And so this is one done like I could give to anyone and not worry about it getting destroyed, because yeah. I've given some weapons out to new people or to people that don't really understand the care you have to put into latex weapons, and it comes back torn or a little shredded yeah so this one i don't have to worry about that <laughs> experienced that already <laughs> my weapons get used by teenagers a lot so they're pretty hashed <laughs> stop having them <laughs> they're not always my teenagers they're just the ones that i bring with me <laughs> and then i've got throwing weapons so simple throwing dagger so throwing any sort of thrown weapon can't have a core inside of it. So they have to be completely flexible. So this is a dagger dagger, not a throwing dagger, because it's got a core in it. It's typically a boot knife. Then this is another throwing dagger. Yeah. And then I've got this, which I actually bought from Crow because he didn't need it anymore. I really like these. These get some good distance on them. That's awesome. And then I had this shield made a while ago. It is falling apart, if you notice, on the edge. But it is very simple. Am I coming in? Does NPCs need a shield? Do, do I randomly need a generic shield? It is good for what it does. Yes, it is, because I used it for a very long time. And it's got spots on the back for cards or um, any consumables you need to put in there. Yeah. Wait, Nevin says, nothing beats my floppy axe. <laughs> and then some other things I have, which is kind of nifty. Basically, this right here 
I use it as a handguard whenever I'm having a sword because it kind of stops things from sliding down kind of as a character thing. But it's actually a slingshot guard. So you'd have a slingshot go here and it actually protects your hand from it. That's awesome. I use it because it works great with a sword because it's just kind of like a gauntlet with minus the whole gauntlet part. That's awesome. I I mean, I can also do it like this if I want to be on the back of the hand too. Oh, jeez. Zeso says they have medications for that, Nevis. <laughs> for his floppy axe. <laughs> and then it has a little thing that I actually put a spell packet into if I ever need an emergency spell packet. Nice. Yeah, it's Good. always nice to have gloves that you can put spell packets in. And then one thing I would also recommend, water. I actually got a beer holder yeah. for a belt, and it holds water just fine. So I have this on the back typically with a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Just so you have something to drink without taking up precious pocket space. Yeah, bottled water is key. Yeah, oftentimes only a couple people will bring some, and they're just passing their water bottle around. Yeah, always bring water. <laughs> I also do have a cloak. That I don't know if I want to put on. Um, it is literally a military blanket I got from the military surplus store with a one of those big pendulum it's just a pin yeah yeah a giant one of those old-fashioned metal pins cloak pins cloak pins Mm -hmm. and you just fold it and then you pin it together and it's like almost looks like a western cloak yeah it looks really cool yeah adds a lot of character to your character yeah just buying a blanket (laughs) and then putting that in there yeah i mean it's amazing the things that you can do to add a little extra zip to your aesthetic yeah so and then a plain sword that I had up here. Oh, yeah. That one, too. I go on spending sprees. <laughs> I used to have a mace, and then yep. I gave it away. Sold it. You sold it. <laughs> I have it now. So yeah. I'll show that on another stream. We went through a lot today, so let's see. Don't forget to bling up your character, yeah. Yes. All of the accessories. That's kind of one of the things that I feel like will always set your character apart as that specific character. Like if, you know, he's not wearing his chain mail, but he's got on his white shirt and those necklaces. I know that that's Jovi. Where's your necklace though? It expired. It expired. And I did not bond it because it wasn't that great. So little accent things are a good way. Yeah, like everyone knows that if the shield comes out, this is Valoron. Yep. Right. There's no question about that. Um, So having those little accent pieces that even if your gear is changed a little bit, um, you're always recognizable. Oh, Nikolai has lots of bling and Lone Star wants me to hold my shield. We can we can get it off the fence, I guess, real quick and do that. Yeah, it's pretty massive. It doesn't really do it much justice sitting there on the fence. <laughs> now you get a gorgeous look at his cape too, yeah. which is fantastic. Adjust, adjust, adjust. Got it. There you go. <laughs> Massive shield. <laughs> well, there you go. Covers pretty much my whole main torso. 
Yeah. Great for spells hitting him. <laughs> yeah. I've also thought about like when they do like the mass package, just getting in the way with this big old beast. Because exactly. now that I know I only take one, I'm like, woo! Yep, exactly. So, yeah, there exactly. you go, Lone Star. Lone Star says, oh, I love Jovi's cape. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, a lot of people were like, okay, you know, quoting <laughs> Incredibles at me. But I have buttons so that if I get caught, it comes off. That's right. So, but I do. I like my cape. It makes it so that I'm identifiable from the front and the back. <laughs> people know who I am. He is a yeah. walking Falcon Crest advertisement. <laughs> it's what true. Awesome, it's huge. Yeah, awesome, it's huge. Makes a big target for four shield cripples. <laughs> uh, Zisto says, I love capes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Capes are pretty dope. Another cape person, <laughs> I love it. So, we're trying to get more people in game to wear capes. Join the cape crew. Yes. Or better. Yeah, cloaks are at least more utilitarian. They're they're way more utility, yeah. Like, this doesn't do anything for me. It's just good looks. It just looks good. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with looking good. I have... I have Divas' mom to thank for this cape. Yeah. She did a really good job. Yeah, it looks awesome. I gave her the materials and the concept, and we printed out the Falcon Crest logo, and I was like... This is what I want. And she did a way good job. So yeah. I need to bring your helmet in one day, too. I've seen pictures of it, but... Oh, yeah, my helmet. Oh, and yeah. I've, should... I've retired my helmet. Yeah. You don't wear you it anymore. You helmet so much. Yeah, the coif, I love it, but it gets stuck in my scale mail, so... Yeah, I can't it's turn hard. My head. I mean, I can barely turn it as it is, but while I'm in that stuff, it's even yeah. less. Yeah, try wearing a real helmet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Screw so, that. <laughs> anyway. You can't move your head like at all. So we went over everything we wanted to go through. I don't know if there's anything else really. There's my question that I always oh. ask every week. I'm oh, yeah. Because I'm like lazy today. <laughs> so I always ask, he always asks, what it, what's LARP to you? And I always ask, what's your favorite memory from LARP? And it always puts everybody on the spot, so I love it. <laughs> so one of my favorite memories... And it's my first event that I came in. Um, there was the Ivory Sea family, which was like five of us, and they slowly peed off or moved away or stuff like that. But I came in as Valor on Ivory Sea. And it was the mask event for uh, Resport, one of the Halloweens. Every Halloween, you have to wear masks or the souls of the dead will take over your body, kind of thing. Hmm. And so. My first time there, I don't know, really know the rules. And we're going from, I forgot which park it was. And there was a point where we're walking as a group. The group stops, but I'm fiddling with something that was given to me, the necklace, trying to put on a necklace. It was a new character, like underneath 100 skill points, you get this. Day of the Drift. Thank you. Um, and I'm trying to put it on because I'm terrible with clasps. And it was freezing October 31st. I think it was the 31st or 30th. Uh, and... And I'm like looking down, everyone stops because monsters come and I just keep on walking into the middle of the group of the monsters. <laughs> yeah, big cottonwood. And so obviously I go down because I'm startled when they hit me. And then they just like two of them surround me and they just take off my mask. Oh, no. And then they have to tell me what to do. I'm like, sure, I totally know what that is. And so I just got up and I think it was a betrayal or something like that. That's kind of how I played it. Like you had enslaved and blah, blah, blah. But they brought me back up and I attacked them. They brought me back down. They 
Northwatch <laughs> kill me again. And they have to like put on the mask. And it was it was a interesting event to where I quickly learned the group stops when the group wants to stop and doesn't tell everyone else they have to pay attention. <laughs> That's happened a few times where yeah. the group stops, but then the few people that were kind of in front of the group yeah, just keeps on walking. It's called spatial awareness. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this last Wednesday, there was actually a moment where I was like, um, we've lost more than half the group, and so we, we stopped. Because there was a big old group of enemies on the other side of the bridge, and we're like, let's just hope they stay there, because if they charge now, we're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> so yeah, me. it was like me and Gray, and I think Boji was there. But there was only like three or four of us, and everybody else was nowhere to be seen. And I was like, oh, guys. Because <laughs> I can't, if, if I'm walking, I don't hear other footsteps over my armor. So I have no idea that we lost the group. Let's see, we would have. Because you were lucky you were new. We would have done so much worse. Thank you. I would have been overwhelmed if you did more because I'd have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, those are the events that they run. So that's why he knows about that. Buzzport yep. was kind of their thing. Yep, yep. Which I only ever NPC'd for. I never got to be involved in Resport at all, ever. Never done any Resport thing. I NPC'd most sad. of it. I PC'd as Valor on like four or five times. There was that one event, and then like halfway through the next year, I did a few. And I'm like, uh, Valoran wouldn't want to help these people. So I NPC'd from there on. <laughs> I think I PC'd once, yeah. and that was it too. I was like, I was like, I haven't in-game really had a reason for Jovi not to go. Like, I know Jovi wouldn't want to go, but Jovi's never experienced it to know that he doesn't want to go. So I actually made myself go once, and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't like this. Jovi doesn't like this, so Jovi's not going anymore. So then I continued NPCing for it, but I only ever did a few events. And, and it's, it's always good to either have a backup character that would be willing to do almost anything versus your main character because, you know, people always have drives to either be willing to NPC events that your character wouldn't want to do or have a backup. You're like, I'll just play as them because I know Valoran wouldn't care for uh, the dream world or any of that stuff. Yeah, that is true. Cool. So I would like to, uh, so now we got that out of the way, I'd like to thank Ascendance Gaming Center for letting us uh, film this here, I guess you could say thank that. You. Thank you. Uh, if it wasn't for them, I, this wouldn't be even possible, so I appreciate that. They're located in South Salt Lake. Have you guys extended your hours yet? They're about to extend their hours, so keep a look on that. They've got uh, two Ultra Machines and two VR uh, which I've been having a little bit more fun with VR. I played Job Simulator last night. I was a mechanic. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> and it's funny because they're like super generic. They're like, put fluids in. And yeah. you literally can put like a, a can of, of of an energy drink in like the gas tank if you really want. Like, <laughs> it's really funny. So anyway. Job Simulator um, I also um, want to talk about real quick. Awesome stream today, guys. At least what I got to see. Thank you. Um, Thanks, I wanted to real quick also talk about Castle of Chaos, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, Castle of Chaos is great because they let us play in their building. Uh, we have like a, a partnership with them where during the cold months, instead of all of us freezing our butts off outside, we get to play it's inside. <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. So, but we get to play inside Castle of Chaos. So we just like to appreciate that. And since it is the haunt season, I just wanted to give a shout out to them. They're open. Uh, 7.30 to 10 on weekdays, 
The seven thirty to eleven on Friday and Saturday, and then till midnight. Oh, right. till midnight, and then Sunday is seven thirty to eleven. Yeah. Can you pull up the website? Because I don't know the address off the top of my head. So real quick, we're gonna share this with everybody. Yeah. I look at that. It was one of the top things. Actually, I'll be there uh, tonight with uh, my two oldest children. We'll be acting in the haunt tonight. So. I was gonna say, how do you have the energy for that anymore? I did it for seven years, and now I know I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like going to have the so. energy to do it. I actually might not be acting. My kids will be. I might just be there. I might go through the haunt myself. Do a level four or five. Uh, ooh, nice. But yeah, so. This is a sentence? No. I'll just drop them all in there. And you do. So, that's the end. Congrats to Aristar for the next youngling on the way. So, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. You're pregnant? You're yeah. pregnant? Yeah. yeah, congratulations, dude. So. That's awesome. Petting the chain. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, give yes. your wife a hug. Okay. From, from us. Okay. From me. She doesn't. She doesn't know me either. Give her a hug for me, anyways. So. Anyway, thanks. YouTube and Anchor on Wednesdays. Oh yeah, so uh, we upload these to YouTube, and we get the podcast available available on Anchor. All those are available coming up on Wednesday. They, they uh, post at ten in the morning. They post at ten a.m., so you guys can always catch up on it that way. We also have the video of the day available on Twitch on my channel here. We always upload them up there as well. Uh, but those are another options for you. So yeah, I can't see what is it. Yay for babies! Yay for, for babies! Baby. He yeah, still hasn't. Yeah, Oscar's got one on the way. Like, yeah, he does. It'll be here any day now. December, I think, is what no, they said. This month. Two babies. Oscar, when's your baby due? He's got a thirty-second away, so it'll yeah, be a fine. while before we get a response from him. But thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you for the subscribers. Thank you for the bits. Uh, I love seeing the little bit war going on there for a little bit. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, so, and everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for the comments and the corrections when we needed them. I really appreciate that. Uh, and everyone, thanks for being here. Kovach, and thank you for being here, Lita. See, yeah, see December. I thought it was December because I've been talking to him a lot about December it. December so. 27. Oh, Nevitz Gaming coming in <laughs> with more bits. <laughs> Woohoo! With the, he keeps doing the graveyard because it's October. So, yay, 100 more bits. I appreciate that. So, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, oh, actually, everyone in chat, real quick, I don't have a guest next week because of how I had to move things around. Ah. So does anyone in chat want to volunteer to be a guest next week? Otherwise, I might be able to dig somebody up. <laughs> like my husband. Yeah, I don't have anyone for next he week. He here anyways. Yeah, he does. So. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Do you, that? Have a, do you have a topic planned for next I don't, week? I don't have. We can talk, gonna... talk about the tavern. And bring in Zarn. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of like a new player thing to experience the tavern and everything that goes on there. So what I think I want to do is we can talk about the tavern. And then on the third, I want to actually bring someone in to make a character the first time. 
They're still going at it. <laughs> um, 240. <laughs> One up, yeah. Zisto, it's my 40th. Well, congratulations. So he can't make it. So I think yeah. we've got next week lined up anyway. So thanks for that, Zisto. And then I think I want to do bring in someone to make a character on the 3rd of November. And then that'll be... Let's see, November 10th, uh, if at all possible, that's when I would like to do the Garadetsky takeover because that'll be episode 10, and I think that that would be a great way to end the season. So for those of you that are here that play the Garadetskys, if you can talk amongst yourselves and see if that works for you. So that would be Sunday, November 10th. Does that uh, include their extended family or the Garadetskys proper? The the Garadetskys proper, so... Oh, and our anniversary. Well, congratulations. So, um, so we'll have to talk about the Gerdesky thing. Yeah, the Gerdesky thing is going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of them here. Uh, I'll be just kind of sitting here, I guess. I don't know. So we'll have to we'll have to figure out logistics. Figure but that out. that's what I would like to do. So anyway, it wouldn't be a Gerdesky secret meeting without excluding someone. So you're the one in the corner. Yeah, I'll yeah, be sitting right. in the corner. Just put your nose in the corner. It's so. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes Lone Star with another 40 bits to heal himself back up. He wants to stay bit boss very badly. So, all right. Well, that's going to be the end of the stream. Thanks, everyone, for being here. And we'll see you all on Sunday. See you later. Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Aerostar. That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R.